you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, where we're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast live each and every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on our flagship station. That's the Global Star Radio Network. Tune in to us nightly. We're all, we also simulcast on Blog Talk, that's BTR, uh, as well. And you can watch us live and by archive. Uh, well, on our YouTube channel, just uh, go to the links located on HagmanandHagman.com. Go to HagmanandHagman.com. There you'll see all of the navigational buttons. Click here for uh, for all of the options to, to watch and listen to us. Uh, don't forget, speaking of websites, we've got two websites, HagmanandHagman.com, HagmanReport.com. The former, Hagman and Hagman, two ends is for show information, and the latter, HagmanReport.com, is for news information and analysis. And uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in and for, for listening to this program. We had a fantastic week so far, and, man, it's going great guns even more tonight. We've got such a great show lined up for you tonight. You know, folks, the subject of, of mind control, now, some people say, oh, that's just hooey, hogwash. It's a science. It's social engineering of the masses. Well, who who better to talk about this than, than fellow researcher, talk show host, and, and expert in many things, a doctor, not a medical doctor, uh, Dr. Ted Brower. He's going to be joining us for the entire three hours tonight uh, to... Uh, to talk about this now at some point during the it, it, folks let me just be very quickly very quick here tell you about something uh, obviously you know um there are scammers out there just i'm going to tell you very quickly there are scammers out there uh, and and protect your elderly loved ones all right now here's why i'm telling you all this the reason is this um uh, maria canice the uh, author of prepare for persecution got a phone call 
it's a recording saying this is from you know I'm from the United States uh, uh, the IRS and uh, you're they're filing charges have you gotten a call like this we're going to be filing charges against you if you don't call back uh, over some tax issue and, and the scam varies but but you get the idea well today I received now Maria Knee had gotten this call some time ago, and of course it's a scam. A good friend of the family got this call today. Same same number. And I'm going to give you the number. Scam. I got this call today, and that was as much as I could take. So I've been calling them back. So here's what we're going to do, folks, tonight, because we can't we, we, we don't have the setup right now to do this live right during the first hour, but the second hour on air, we are going to call these these people back. We're going to call them, okay? And we're going to expose them on air because, frankly, I, I, I am just I've had it. These people have scammed elderly, the elderly, and the unsuspecting for twenty six and a half million documented in twenty fifteen. Now, why in the hell can't our government? do anything about these these call shops, these call centers. That's what I want to know. Why haven't they done anything? Well, we're going to do our part. You see, Christians aren't wimps, nor should they be. Okay, my, my hackles are, like, really up. My, I got I got a vein that's coming out through my forehead. Okay, I am really peeved. So we're going to call them on there as soon as we get the phone line set up here. And we're going to expose them for, for the, the, the despicable, sorry excuses of humans that they are. Am I allowed to say that? I think so. Anyway, so stay tuned. By the way, their phone number, the, 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 which is spoofed, okay? It's, it's going through different Hops, but their phone number, in case you want to know, is 323, it's a Los Angeles area code, 323-540-5612. Okay? That's their phone number. It's a scam operation. They want your credit card information. And enough is enough. How many times do, do we have to report this crap on the Internet and, and be part of no-call lists? Well, let's fight back. Let's do something. Let's do something again. Let's let's do something. Call them. Ask them how their dog is. Maybe not exactly in that language. Let's do something. Let's be proactive. They, 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 they apparently they can call us without molestation, and without federal, uh, uh, you know, uh, federal oversight, and impersonate a federal officer, which, by the way, is a felony. And threaten and extort 26.5 million documented dollars in 2015 from elderly people. Well, we can, we can fight back a little bit by exposing them. Their phone number, the scammer's phone number. And this is, by the way, this is coming from Hagman and Hagman.com. This is coming from Doug Hagman. This is not, has nothing to do with any place we're broadcasting over. It's me. Y'all have, anyone have a problem with this? Me. Their phone number is 323-540-5612. That's a spoof number, really. 
but but they're scammers. And and we're gonna call them out on it next hour. And Ted's gonna be kind enough to give us a couple minutes to, to do just that. And shame on them. And shame on the people that uh, aren't uh, aren't able to do anything about this or aren't doing anything about this. But we look after our own. We put our money where our mouth is. We put our our reputation where our mouths are. It's about time we stand up and say no more. This is enough. You scam you scam a, a friend, a relative, unsuspecting. No, we're coming after you to expose you, Joe. Tonight's going to be a great program. <clears throat> Go to healthmasters.com, sign up for the uh, mailing list, to be on Ted's mailing list. Dr. Ted Brewer is our guest. He is the author of Breakthrough Health. He is a radio show host here on Global Star Radio Network uh, each and every day, and his show is rebroadcast after our show's over. Also on Sunday nights, he comes on right before Dave Hodges from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Dr. Brewer, it's great to have you back on the Hagen and Hagen Report. Oh, thanks so much, Joe. Doug, what's that phone number again for this scammer? Sure. It is area code 323-540-5612. And I think you might have to ask for Habib. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, but, but certainly they're from the United States uh, uh, Department of the Treasury, IRS. Yeah. I think it's Habib, Habib, and Habib. But anyway. Well, what you can also do is you could also do a, you can always hit a star 67, which is a caller ID block, so they can't call you back on that number you call from. So that's always something you can do to them too. So yeah, that's a, that's interesting. I've had these guys do this to me before, and I always call them back and explain, I always explain to them in my uh, best Christian way how the cow eats the cabbage and how they should never call me again and how I'm returning you into every federal agency. But chances are, they're offshore. The chances are that number is being routed through L.A. I don't think they're allowed to do this on the United States shore. Be honest with you, but I think that's probably actually that's true. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. As far as we, yeah, as far as we were able to tell, mm-hmm. uh, three hops on uh, spoof on, on the spoof line, and uh, it does show up as a, the it's an L.A. number or it's L.A. area code, but that's the third and final hop of wow. of uh, something across. And we, we've narrowed it down to the uh, Pacific, India, specifically. <laughs> so anyway. Well, we've had an exciting week. Uh, we've had a lot of stuff going on with Austin. Uh, let me tell everybody, give everybody an update, because I know you mentioned it on your show last week or beginning of the week or whenever all this stuff happened. Uh, last Friday, um, Austin apparently had gotten some type of bacteria infection. I don't know where in the world it came from. We haven't been able to isolate it. And Austin's my 27-year-old co-host son, who basically does an excellent job for us. In fact, if you want to hear Austin, get one of the best analyses of what happened in Orlando as far as in shooters. Wait until I'm airing that show tonight one more time so you guys can hear it tonight at 10 o'clock when we're off the air. You can hear it for the first 15 minutes. Austin goes into full detail on what guns were used, why those guns couldn't be the guns they said they were, et cetera, et cetera. And so you guys will really enjoy that. But Austin uh, was feeling very badly last week. And what happened to him is he called me up on Thursday, told me he wasn't feeling good, his energy was down, so he went in for vitamin C IV, and then on Friday he was he had gotten worse. So finally what we did, Doug, I told the uh, doctor that he was working with in Lakeland, I said, look, I said, this is beyond what we're doing here. He's got shallowness of breath, he's sweating profusely, his heart rate's elevated. I said, I don't know what's going on. 
but I'm taking them to the Florida Hospital Emergency Room in celebration. So I took them right directly from the doctor's office, hopped in the car, and did a you know 80 mile an hour run, just under the 10 mile an hour limit you can get without getting a ticket. Got him to the Florida Celebration Hospital, Doug. And what was interesting, as soon as they saw that there was something with his heart, with his breathing, they took him back immediately. He was he was literally admitted. I recommend Florida hospitals to anybody. They're part of the Seven Day Adventist group, really good group of people. And they took him in the back of the hood. He hooked up to a cardiac machine, you know, did an EKG on him. And immediately I looked at the EKG, and I was in neurophysiology. I was trained to read EKGs. It's, it's a medical school class that I took at Florida State University. And I read this EKG, and I looked at it. It was completely and totally messed up. To me, it looked like he was having a massive heart attack. And I wasn't sure because, you know, I'm not a cardiologist, and it's been a long time since I read the EKGs. I actually used to be tested on that stuff and wrote papers on it. So I called the, the, the doctor in. Now, the doctor had gone to the University of Maryland, and then she'd gone to Brown University for internships. So she was an Ivy School graduate for the internship. So she was like a Harvard grad, Ivy School grad from Brown University. And so she looked at the EKG. Now, Austin's sitting there, right? And she immediately yells, get me a helicopter. We have to medevac him immediately to the Orlando, Florida hospital, uh, you know, across town. Uh, he needs to be in cardiac care right now. He's having a massive heart attack. And, I mean, this is what happened, you know, at the emergency room. And of course, yeah. I'm just like, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, I, this is ridiculous. I, I immediately threw my hands on him and started praying for him. And, you know, and everybody, of course, I'm praying out loud like I always do. And, of course, everybody in the emergency room is thinking I'm nuts, but I really didn't care. And so they they came over and they said we've got to get him out of here. He's got to get on the helicopter. We're getting the helicopter is being prepped right now for flight. But before we do that, we have to do an echocardiogram. So they they, they did that, and then they saw that it wasn't a heart attack. That he was having a severe case of pericarditis from the bacteria infection that had actually attacked the pericardial sac of his heart. And when they when they showed this live heart pumping, uh, I looked at it and it was no longer like a round heart like it's supposed to be compacted it had spread out and it looked like a fat banana laying across the top of his thoracic cavity and which means the valves and everything else had gotten completely trashed out because they couldn't pump properly and the heart was straining the pump it was beating extremely fast and so then they put him on a, a drug to get the inflammation out immediately and they gave him an injection four milligram injection of morphine to stop the pain and then and, then, and they put him on oxygen and within 30 minutes you know he was he was stabilized, and then they finally got him into the room, and then they've done they did all kinds of tests on him trying to determine this bacteria and its origin. And several of my friends have contacted me. And they said, "Well, do you think it's a chemtrail?" And my response is this: I have no idea. I can't speculate and say what it's from. All I know, this thing attacked his heart, and they have a special type of drug that's used for gout, that's used to treat pericarditis. And so they've got him on that to get the inflammation and the water off his heart. The way the heart works, it's got like a thin membrane all the way around it, kind of like a rubber balloon, and it's called the pericardial sac. And that helps to maintain the shape of the heart because the heart, if it gets enlarged, it can't beat properly. Or if it gets, uh, if it starts to move around in the chest cavity, it can't beat properly. So what happened is this pericardial sac got attacked by the bacteria and started inflammation and fluid build up inside of the pericardial sac. And when that happened, the heart expanded and basically lost its turbidity or its rigid, rigidity and started becoming flaccid and it kind of just sunk inside the chest cavity and it was beating against his esophagus, which caused some esophageal erosion. So he was in extreme pain. And so finally they got him on this 
this, I think it's called cocalmine, and uh, I'm not sure that perhaps I'm pronouncing that right, which is a gout medication which also works for pericarditis. And he was in the hospital Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. We got him out and had a plethora of tests done. And the reason I really like Florida Hospital is, you know, Austin had canceled his health insurance years ago and has not had health insurance for many, many years ever since he came out from underneath my policy back when he was 18. And quite frankly, uh, this being a Christian hospital, they told him, they said, look, we're going to give you a 75% discount on the bill because this is what the insurance companies normally pay us. And so we're going to reduce it from like, you know, $30,000, you know, down to like, you know, you know, $7,500. And, you know, and so it'll make it easier for you to pay. Of course, he's planning on paying the bill. But the crazy thing about all of this is he's still having some elevated heart rate and he's still having a little bit of shortness of breath and he's still having to take the medicine for the, you know, for the pericarditis and for the gout, which he doesn't have gout, but that's what it's used for. And so he's getting better very, very slowly. So I ask you guys, for all of you who have been praying for me for the past week, I ask that you continue to pray for this because this is a really big deal. Uh, when I was young, I also had pericarditis, which is kind of strange to me. Mine actually happened to me from having my teeth cleaned, and I had bacteria get into my blood. And at that point in time, they didn't have any true anti-inflammatory medicine that worked for pericarditis. And I was literally in bed for three months, Doug, and I almost died from it. It was it was horrible. And so, you know, when they told me that he'd been diagnosed with this, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. How strange is that? Some kind of quantum entanglement in that whole deal. But the reality is this. He needs your prayers. So if you guys will continue to pray, that will be great. And so thank you so much, Doug, for wanting me to talk about this on the air because I really just covet the prayers of everybody who's listening here tonight because I know you guys have a real audience of Christian believers. Now, what happened to me this week, This a couple of days ago, in fact, this morning, one of our... Uh, other guests that we have on, uh, you know, Greg Jackson, wonderful man. Uh, he actually sent out a blanket email, which you got a copy of. Yeah, I, I saw the whole. Th- I saw the oh, whole it's, thing. It, oh, oh yeah, it's like <laughs> 60, 60, 60 people got it, and of course, all of the people could contact anybody else because he he, did, he didn't blind copy anybody. He just copied everybody, so everybody could get into the conversation. And it was about the questions that had been asked of Donald Trump concerning what had happened, you know, with the Christian leadership that he met with on Monday, the Christian, you know, leaders as far as what they what his stand was on abortion. And some of these guys here in this response are talking about how if Trump's not willing to go against Roe v. Wade and do all of this other stuff, that they're not going to vote for him. And you you read the same the whole chain of emails too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so it, it, it was painful. It was Well, painful. no. So so finally I wrote you saw what I wrote this morning. So after I listened to this stuff, you know, for like, I gosh, I'm about 20 people responded to this, 20, maybe 30. Finally, I sent an email back out to all 60 people, and I said, look, simple question. If Trump is not perfect, who are you going to vote for? Question mark. Who has a chance of beating Hillary besides Trump? Question mark. Do you really want a career criminal in the White House like Hillary? Question mark. Trump has said he will do his best to appoint pro-life judges. Will Hillary? Question mark. Hillary is a globalist. Trump is a nationalist. The USA is in trouble in a bunch of different areas. Shouldn't we all support the candidate who is at least trying to communicate and support the Christian right? I mean, he called this meeting with everybody. This election is a crossroad election. Eight more years of a fascist, communist, Soros-directed USA will probably be the death knell of the USA. I agree the abortion issue is huge, but the very survival of the USA is at stake in this election. Trump has already said he's pro-life. Hillary is diametrically opposed to all the values that made American great. Let us galvanize our efforts behind Trump. Let's support the candidate who at least is politically incorrect 
and is brave enough to breach to breach the topics that have been obfuscated by the banker-controlled mainstream media, Ted. And, of course, I got no response back to that. <laughs> and, then I, and then I thought about it, Doug, and I finally I said, look, a lot of these people don't have any idea who got this email of what's going on about the world's most influential think tank, <laughs> the Tavistock Institute. And so right. I, sent a, I sent a whole link out on this and talked about what these people do and who they are, along with a bunch of hyperlinks with videos to try to educate these guys as the fact that they're being used through this Tavistock programming to try to splinter the Christians from voting for Trump. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. If we have 150 million Christians and Catholics who are truly Christians uh, who want to vote in one block, you know, Jerry Falwell proved that back in the 80s with the moral majority. If they all go together in unison and we vote for Trump, I don't think even all the election fraud on the planet can give Hillary the election, though now the votes are being counted in uh, Washington and no longer by the state government, so who knows what's going to happen with all that. But the point is, we're all being programmed and subverted, and we're being broken up into splinter groups to eliminate our ability to respond in unison. And so when I started doing the research on this, you know, of course, the Tavistock program, which I've, I've been studying for years, popped back up. And, you know, we've talked about it in, 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 in shallow amounts on my shows before. But I thought tonight I'm going to go ahead and go into a little bit more detail on this. And now if I'm back on with you guys, hopefully in a few weeks, I want to talk about how this has affected the educational system through Leipzig, you know, through Germany and how all of this has been tied together in the educational system and how they look at us as animals. Because what you have to understand is, when this Sigmund Freud character started all of this mess with the psychoanalysis back in the 1800s, this guy was not a good dude. I mean, he was not a born-again believer. I mean, Sigmund Freud, let me read you this, and this is, and I did, I I got this off of of, uh, Henry McCow's website. He actually wrote an article on this. Remember, we've talked repeatedly about the Sabbateans, about the, the sex cult, the satanic sex cult of the 1600s that was taken over by Jacob Frank and, you know, and how they affected the Rothschilds and all of this stuff that's going on. And this is what, this is what was written by uh, Dr. Um, Macau. He goes, Shalomo Freud is a member, was a member of, this is Sigma's real name, was a member of the Illuminati benign birth and he played a key role in mankind's introduction into the Kabbalah sex cult. Psychiatrists may have a subversive hidden agenda, hardly a surprise given its origins. Freud declined an invitation to travel at one time, saying a wealthy woman client may get well during my absence. And they also said, quote, my mood depends very much on my earnings. Money is my laughing gas. Now, here's what Dr. McCow said. He goes that his career, so Freud's career illustrates how a satanic cult can cast its morbid spell over humanity. The Illuminati sprung out of the Sabbatean heresy of the 17th century. Sigmund Freud was a Sabbatean who was a Luciferian who was basically a Satanist. And he sold his perverted Satanist beliefs to the world in the guise of science and medicine. This Illuminati-controlled media and educational system hailed him as a great prophet. The Sabbateans were a sex cult that indulged in every sexual perversion imaginable as in a way of spitting in God's eye. This is what they did. Incest, pedophilia, orgies, homosexuality, everything that is unnatural and unhealthy. Freud and his Illuminati backers convinced the world that sexual desire, libido, 
is the primary motivation of human life and that sexual satisfaction is the universal panacea. He taught that repressing sexual urges is harmful and results in neuroses. He taught that males experience castration anxiety and females suffer penis envy. As an overture to incest and pedophilia, he taught that children have sexual feelings for their opposite sex parents, such as their mother with a boy, and feel hostility to their same sex parent, their father. At the extreme, his Oedipus complex states that a boy subconsciously wants to kill his father and rape his mother. The philosopher Karl Popper said Freudian psychoanalysis is devoid of all scientific method as palm reading, and his Oedipus complex has absolutely no scientific basis. Typical of a Satanist, Freud denied man's spiritual dimension, our hunger for God, exemplified by our spiritual ideals like harmony, love, truth, and beauty. Influenced by the Kabbalah, Freud taught that God is merely a projection of an imaginary father figure designed to make us repress our sexual urges. I mean, this is the guy who did this. He was a satanic Sabbatean who basically started this entire mind control movement that basically morphed its way into the Tavistock Institute. Now, his his cousin, you know, Edward Bernays, the father of advertising, he looked at all human beings as merely animals whose impulses could be controlled through operating classical conditioning, and which he did with his advertising. In fact, Edward Bernays was so affected of this, he was hired by the British royal family in England in the early 1910s area, 1912, 1913, to try to galvanize the United States into a war they were planning on doing against Germany, World War One. Now, we talked about this in detail a few weeks ago and how all of this stuff was funded. Now, when you go back to all of this, it was the royal family, the Rothschild banking cartel, which were Sabbateans, and, of course, Rockefeller, who was funded as well, well as J.P. Morgan by the Rothschild banking cartel. And so, again, it goes back to this entire weirdo group of people that have controlled us through the central bank. And Edward Bernays actually put together propaganda back in 1910 all the way through until the United States got into the war. And Woodrow Wilson had run on the premise that he would keep us out of the war for his second term, that he would never let us get into the war. Well, he wanted to get us into the war because, because he was a globalist. Wilson wanted a new world order. He was basically a communist who wanted a new world order and was completely and totally controlled by these group of people, including... Uh, House, who was also controlled by the Rothschild family. That's right. Cur- Colonel Edward Mendel House, That's right. by the way. Yeah, and he wrote Philip DeRue, Administrator, and uh, extremely important uh, work to understand the mindset of these people. You're absolutely That's right. right. That's right. And, and so what happened is he basically, he, he started, see, at that point in time, the, large, the largest ethnic group in the United States was German. Uh, all the Millers, pretty much all the Millers, all the Browns, all the Smiths, Miller, Braun, Schmidt, are all German heritage. And when you look in the yellow page or the white pages of a cook of, of, of a phone book, which they used to when they used to make phone books, you could find it's page after page after page of Millers, of Browns, and Smiths, and uh, those were pretty much all of German descent. Now there could have been some English ones in there too, but primarily it was German. Now what was interesting about this is the mass, the vast since Germany was the Germans were the largest ethnic group in the United States because we had such a huge loss of people after the Civil War, the largest ethnic group then became the Germans, and they came over with their Protestant work ethic, which is no longer taught in school, and they worked their butts off, 
and you know developed the country and got the industrial the industrial revolution going and and they, the country was doing great until this group of people got involved and then these Sabbateans, these Rothschilds, these Edward Bernays wannabes and the guys who they trained them to do this who treated us like like animals they started lying about the Germans in in, in World War One. And they t- said they were cutting off the arms of, of children and all this stuff in Belgium. All of it was a lie. You know, everything. They, it's it's kind of like when George Bush Sr. said that the Iraqis were throwing babies out of the incubators on the floor to die. Remember that? That's all. Yeah. Tavis, that's yeah. all. Tavis, like, all. All that was lies. Everything was lies. All of it. That's they, right. They, they brought girls, a girl on there, so, as an eyewitness. And later, basically, she admitted the whole thing was a lie. Nothing none of it ever happened. But she was being paid to do all that. Now, what's interesting about all of this is. This is what they did to the Germans because there was such a huge anti-war effort because, again, a huge bulk of the population was German and they did not want to have a war against Germany. They didn't want to do that. They just, they'd left Germany. The relatives were all still there. And so they said, no, we don't want to have this. So he started just doing this huge advertising campaign about how the Germans, they were all animals, they were butchering these people and butchering the children. And then, of course, when the Lusitania was sunk, they used that as a massive, massive PR firm. And the Lusitania was sunk on purpose. She was carrying armament. She was told to slow down when she knew the U-boats were in the vicinity. Uh, she was told not to. They were told not to leave. They were told not to leave the port if American citizens were on it, because basically they were going to. If any ship going and supplying England would be considered a ship of war, it would be sunk. Germany took out a huge article in the paper in New York, warning people not to get on that boat, and they did anyhow. And so that boat slowed down right outside of England in a high submarine area. The captain could not believe it that he was getting a shot of this ship basically sitting there at idle speed. And he took a shot. He hit the ammunition stores on the ship. The ship sunk like within 20 minutes. 20 minutes, over a thousand people were lost. And then the Bernays was able to take this. And again, this was another false flag. They, they were absolutely able to go in there, set this thing up, and use a massive advertising campaign against the Germans for the Lusitania. And gradually, they started changing the public interpretation of who Germany was and what Germany did to make them this demon race of hellions who basically like to kill children and sink ships. And so this is how we got into World War I. Now, this is all because Edward Bernays, the father of advertising, Sigmund Freud, the Satanist cousin, that's who he was, uh, basically was also, I, I believe probably he was also a Sabbatean, he decided to go ahead and just start these lies. And when Gerhard Goebel, the German propaganda minister, when he decided that, that he was going to start the same technique of mind control in Germany using the media, he actually read some of the books that had been written by Bernays and considered him to be absolutely brilliant with what he had done in the United States and actually mentored his stuff that he was doing and said, if you just basically lie long enough and tall enough and strong enough, everybody's going to believe you. And this is what Bernays has done. And so the entire government now has been tied to this Tavistock Institute. And so I want to read you some background, but I want to give you a little bit of background on it real quick, and then we'll go through a little bit of the statistics on it. But do you guys have anything you want to add to what I just said about Tavistock? Well, it, just one thing, uh, Ted, and uh, you, you're going to probably expand on this. The um, incubator story, of course, mm-hmm. um, complements of ultimately the Tavistock Institute. That's right. But the, the uh, Madison Avenue firm that was behind this, behind Bush 41, is a firm called Hill and Knowlton, all right? And if you look that is correct. into okay, and if you look into that, uh, you, people can see the uh, incredible, and I mean incredible, uh, 
money that's generated by this propaganda. And the second thing is the, and, and I want to get this, this correct here, the incubator story itself. Uh, the testimony came in 1990. Uh, it was false testimony. It was given before the Congressional Human Rights Caucus on October 10th, 1990. As it turned out, it was uh, revealed that uh, this girl, this uh, Naira, I think I might mispronounce this, but Naira, her last name, as it turned out, was Al Sabah. Well, as it turns out, she was the daughter of Saud al-Sabah, the Kuwaiti ambassador to the United States. She was she misrepresented herself at at the instruction of, and I'll be very careful as I say this, um, um, uh, through the machinations of Helen Knowlton, a Madison Avenue uh, type company, on behalf of Bush 41 to sell the Iraqi war to the American people, which really created a, 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 just a ton of money. For the um, the supporters or the uh, uh, NGOs and the uh, manufacturers of, of war armaments and, and such, this I mean you, you Ted you just really hit a home run on this one man I mean but people really need to know well and, uh, but, but I, I wanted to tie it together because a couple of weeks ago when I was on with you guys we talked about how the Rothschilds were involved with the Balfour Declaration in uh, how they do the formation of Israel, how the Rothschilds were involved in the Treaty of Versailles with World War One, and they actually funded World War One, and actually one of their other guys actually supported Hitler. I mean, this whole thing is just so twisted, dude. I mean, and when you start really digging into it, you start realizing that this whole thing has been planned for over a hundred years for this new world order. In fact, with the League of Nations, with Wilson, they were trying to bring in the one world government at that point with the League of Nations, but because the Treaty of Versailles was so awful. They basically couldn't get it ratified through, you know, through the Senate, and so that's why it never happened. But let's go ahead and start on this book. There's a really good book I want you guys to get. I've highlighted part of it. It's by Dr. John Coleman, and he's also the author of the, com- of the Committee of 300. The name of the book is The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, Shaping the Moral, Spiritual, Cultural, Political, and Economic Decline of the United States of America. But I wanted to kind of give you a background of who these players are and their links to Satanism before we started on this. The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations was unknown to the people of the United States before he said he exposed it back in like 19... 19- 69. The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations is Britain's control of the United States, according to him. Up to that time, Tavistock had successfully retained its secretive role in shaping the affairs of the United States, its government, and its people since its early beginning in London in 1913 at Wellington House. Then he goes on to say that the Tavistock began as a propaganda-creating and disseminating organization centered at Wellington House where the original organization was put together with the intent of shaping a propaganda center that would break down the stiff public resistance against the war, entering the war between Britain and Germany. The project was given to the Harmsworth brothers and Rothmere, and their mandate was to produce an organization capable of manipulating public opinion and directing that manufactured opinion down the desired pathway to support a declaration of war by Great Britain against Germany and the United States against Germany. Funding was provided by the royal family, the British royal family, and the Rothschilds. <laughs> I mean, this never, and this Rothschild group just never quits. And they were, and one of the primary goals to get the U.S. into World War One. And to, uh, and, and, and to brief and direct President Woodrow Wilson, which they did. Lord Rothamir later returned to London and announced those clamoring for war with Hitler as supporters of the Bolsheviks. I mean, he actually said, hey, not to do this because this is, this is, this is all, you guys are all lying. During the course of its involvement, Tavistock expanded in size and ambition. 
And then in 1937, the decision was made to use the German author, this is very important, Oswald Spengler's monumental work, The Decline of Western Civilization, as a model for the Tavistock Institute. Now, then, German is called Untergange die Abendlandes, which means the decline of Western civilization. Now, they want to use this as their benchmark, as their template to destroy Western civilization and to bring in a one-world order. In this endeavor, the members of the board consulted with the British royal family and obtained the approval of the Olympians, the inner court of the Committee of 300, to formulate a strategy. We'll talk about who these guys are in a minute. Funding was provided by the Rothschilds. <laughs> but I'm sorry to laugh, guys, but it just, it just never ends. But in 1936, Spengler's monumental work, The Fall of Western Civilization, had come to the attention of these guys and in the Tavistock Institute in preparation for changing and reshaping public opinion for, for the second time in less than 12 years by unanimous consent of the board. Spengler's massive book was adopted as a blueprint for a new working model to bring about the decline and fall of a Western civilization and to create and establish a new world order inside a one-world government. Spengler, and this is so important, listen to this, everybody, please. I know I'm reading part of this, so I'm, I don't want to make it stymie, but, so, but listen to me, please. Spengler, who wrote this book, held it, held it bound to happen that alien elements would be introduced to Western civilization. Okay? That's massive immigration. Okay? I'm going to repeat that. He said the most important thing to do this is that the alien elements would be introduced into Western civilization. This is the Mexicans coming across the border, the Muslims coming into Germany, the increasing numbers, and that the West would fail at that time to expel the aliens, thereby sealing its fate. A society whose inward beliefs and sound convictions would become at variance with its outward profession, and thus Western civilization would fall by the wayside in the manner of the ancient civilizations of Greece and Rome. Tavistock thinking was that Spengler had indoctrinated Western civilization to believe that it would err on the side of the Roman civilization and not expel the aliens. Genetic loss that has fallen upon Europe, and especially on the Scandinavian, England, Germany, and France, that began just before World War I, is already so great as to be beyond expectations and continues at an alarming pace under the skilled guidance of Tavistock managers. What he just said was this. The DNA of Germany and Great Britain was so damaged and lost with almost 30% of Germany's population killed that they couldn't reproduce and be sufficient in order to maintain the race. And that's exactly what's happened in Germany. The two world wars cost the German nations over one quarter of its population. Most of the intellectual energies of the German nation were diverted into war channels in defense of the fatherland at the expense of science, arts, literature, music, cultural, spiritual, and more advanced for the nation. The same could be said of the British nation. The blaze kindled by the British under the direction of the Tavistock set all of Europe afire and did incalculable damage to the Tavistock blueprint that managed Spengler's expectations. Okay, now here's the thing that we think goes classical and Western are the only two civilizations that could bring a modern Renaissance, Renaissance. I mean, let's repeat this. This is what this, is what this author is saying. This is not me. Classical and Western are the only two civilizations that could bring a modern Renaissance to the world. They had flourished and progressed as long as these civilizations remained under the control of the Anglo-Saxon, Nordic, Alpine races. The unsurpassed beauty of their literature, art, their classic spiritual and moral advancement of the female sex with a very large corresponding degree of protection was what distinguished Western and classical civilizations from others. In other words, they protected their women. The women weren't allowed to go to war, and they weren't allowed to fight. You know, they were protected. 
It was this bastion that Spengler saw coming under increasing attack, and the thinking at Tavistock ran on parallel tracks, but was a totally different goal. Tavistock saw this civilization a stumbling block to ushering in a new world order, as did the emphasis on protection and elevation of the female sex to a place of high honor and respect. Thus, the whole thrust of Tavistock was to demoralize the West by an attack on womanhood. Okay, here we have it. Now we have women's lib. And the racial, moral, spiritual, and religious foundation upon which Western civilization rested. As Spangler suggested, the Greeks and Romans were devoted to their social, religious, moral, and spiritual advancement uh, and womanhood. They were successful for as long as they were in control and could arrange matters. So the government was carried out by a limited number of responsible citizens, supported the general population. But what happened is they were overcome by all of the people who were brought in as slave labor, and they were taken over. Tavistock, by 1937, had come a long way from its Wellington House beginnings and the successful propaganda campaign that had turned the British public from being strongly anti-war in 1913 to being willing participants, the art of manipulation, and a willing cooperation of the news communication media, which, again, is being now bought up by the Rothschild interests. This technique was carried across the Atlantic in 1916 to manipulate the American people to support the war in Europe, in spite of the fact that the vast majority, including at least 50 U.S. senators, were adamantly opposed to the U.S. getting in and dragged into the war with Great Britain and Germany. At that point, Wellington House introduced the word isolationist, there we go, now Tavistock programs coming in, as a derogatory description of those Americans who opposed U.S. participation in the war. The use of such words and phrases had proliferated under the expert brainwashing of the social scientists at Tavistock. Terms like regime change and collateral damage became almost new English language, or better yet, Tavistock English. With the Tavistock plan modified to suit American conditions, Bernays and Littman led President Woodrow Wilson to set up the very first Tavistock methodology techniques for manufacturing so-called public opinion created by Tavistock propaganda. They also taught Wilson to set up a secret body of managers to run the war effort and body of advisors to assist the president in his decision making. The Creel Commission was the first such body of opinion makers set up in the United States. Woodrow Wilson was the first American president to publicly proclaim himself in favor of a socialist New World Order inside of a socialist One World Government. His remarkable acceptance of the New World Order is found in his book, New Freedom. You know, this is the, Wilson denounced capitalism and he said, quote, it is contrary to the common man and has brought stagnation to our economy, which is a complete and total lie because at that time, the United States economy was enjoying prosperity and industrial expansion that had never experienced before in its history. But this guy was being programmed by these Satan boys from, this, from, the, uh, from the Rothschild group and from the Sabbateans like Freud. We are upon the threshold of a time when the systematic life of the country will be sustained or at least supplemented at every point by government activities, what Wilson believes. While the U.S. was still a neutral power under Wilson presidency, Wellington House poured out a cadence of lies about Germany and what a threat it was to America. I'm reminded of the statement made in, by Bakken in 1914 in which he was quoting the, the guy who was saying how all of, these, all of these lies will be promulgated. President Wilson's statements just went but just before he went into the Congress to request a Constitution declaration of war embodies every one of Vulcan's statements that he was lying by diplomacy, and he used the gross propaganda manufactured at Wellington House to inflame the American population with tales of atrocities committed by the German army in its march across Belgium in 1914, which never, ever happened. He goes on to say, isn't it amazing that the rush to the New World Order, socialist, totalitarian government should be led by the United States, supposedly a bastion of freedom. 
I mean, this thing, this Woodrow Wilson guy, and, since, and he goes on to say, I recall thinking that President Woodrow Wilson's propaganda blast against Germany and the Kaiser, actually the product of the Rothschilds, <laughs> okay, was much different to the contrived situation of Pearl Harbor, it was not much different to Pearl Harbor or the Gulf of Tonkin. Looking back now, I see no difference between the propaganda lies about the brutality of Germany's soldiers allegedly shopping off the arms and legs than Bush's administration to throwing the children out of the incubators. Whereas in 1914, it was the Kaiser was the brute savage, a ruthless murderer, a monster, the butcher of Berlin, all of this Tavistock programming. In 2002, it was President Hussein, Saddam Hussein, who was all of these things and a whole lot more, including the butcher of Baghdad, poor, duped, deluded, deceived, connived, trustful America. When will you ever learn? In 1970, the New, York, the New World Order agenda was being rushed through the House and Senate by Woodrow Wilson and President Bush forced the New World Order agenda for Iraq through the United States House and Senate in 2002 without debate and exercised an arbitrary power in gross violation of the U.S. Constitution. And he goes on to talk about the Committee of 300 and who they were and how they were involved in this. And the resounding success of Wellington House and its enormous influence on the course of American history began before 1913. Wilson has spent almost a year tearing down the protective trade tariffs that had defended America, domestic parkas, from being overwhelmed by free trade. Essentially, the practice of allowing cheap-made British goods that had been made in India to flood the American market. On October the 12th, 1913, Wilson signed a bill that was the beginning of the end of the unique American middle class, long targeted by the Fabian Socialists. The bill was described as a measure to adjust tariffs, but it would destroy tariffs. Such was the hidden power of the Wellington House that this vast majority of American people accepted the lie, not knowing or realizing that it was the death knell for American commerce that would eventually lead to NAFTA, GAFT, and the World Trade Organization. One of the most interesting pieces of history surrounding the imposition of what the foreign financial slavery measure has that which was sent to Wilson for a signature, which is, the, which is the Federal Reserve Act. A copy was given to the sinister Colonel Edward Mandel House as representative of Wellinghouse and the Rothschild Group and the British oligarchy, represented by J.P. Morgan, another Rothschild man. So, guys, do you want to add any comments to any of this stuff, what's going on with this so far? Because I'm about done with this part of the book. Just to let people know that what we're seeing today is a direct consequence planned, orchestrated situation from the the history you're providing. This is why this is so important. Just, folks, we had talked, uh, we had Jack Cashel in studio on Tuesday. Of course, he's the author of TWA Flight 800. The same playbook, the same narrative, the same orchestration set of plays from uh, that takedown of 800, Flight 800 in uh, 20 years ago next month to Benghazi and even going going back to Watergate because Kissinger was involved, many of the same players, including but not limited to Hillary, Diane Rodham, the witch Clinton <laughs> folks, you know what what, what, what Ted Brower is saying, Dr. Tibber, you've got to understand because you know what Ted uh, Winston Churchill, like him or hate him doesn't matter, uh, said this the further back you look the further ahead you can see. And, and it, what, what you're talking about is so, so critical. In, I mean, this information is so critical to understand. And once you understand it, once you know it, you can't unknow it, then you're going to be able to spot everything that, that that's you right. know, everything that's taken place, how, how we're being gamed. Facts. That's right. Yeah. So thank you. But continue. But he, gets, he goes on to say the House, after a thorough search and reading of the congressional records from 10, 1910 to 1920, by this writer, by this guy, Dr. John Coleman, 
he said that it showed very clearly that Wilson had not signed the iniquitous currency reform bill. This is the Federal Reserve Act. The upper-level parallel secret government of the United States foretold by H.G. Wells would not have been able to commit the vast resources of the U.S. to the war in Europe. And that's exactly true. They wouldn't have been able to do it. They couldn't have raised the money. The House of Morgan, which is the Rothschild group again, representing the Olympians, which again is the Rothschilds or the Committee of 300, and it's all-power city of London financial the nexus. Remember, the Rothschild Bank during the Napoleonic hey, hey, Wars Ted, took over... Ted, I've got to stop you, brother. Go ahead. I don't, I don't know if you can hear me, but... We're going to have to reconnect with you. We're getting real bad... Uh, Reverb. Uh, well, you actually break up. Your 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 every other every third word is coming through. Okay. Um. All right. So if you just want to clear your line and and uh, if we can ask Todd to, to maybe reconnect, I'm not sure. Can okay. we do that? How do we do right that? now? Okay. Yeah. Hopefully he heard that. We apologize, ladies and gentlemen, but we do have technical hiccups here and there. Yeah, and uh, we'll continue to. But, but, but you know, um, as as Dr. Brower was talking, um, I, I got to thinking. Well, Agenda Twenty One now, Agenda Twenty Thirty, uh, or whatever yeah. the current name is, the United Nations, the Sustainable Development Goals, all, all of this, the the, the harmonization, yeah, of regulations between the European Union and the United States, right? But, but at the heart of all of this. And, and this is something that uh, that we really have to understand. How are we being gamed? Well, it's uh, where. What's the origin of this? It is at the heart the Madison Avenue think tank, which is kind of a misnomer, but uh, the Tavistock Institute. And by the way, Tavistock has numerous uh, branches here in the United States. Um, well, institutions that are directly related, such as Flow Laboratories, Merle Thomas Corporation, Walden Research Planning Research Corporation, uh, Brookings Institute, Hudson Institute. You know, all these uh, institutions yeah. that you just named that are under the Tavistock Institute have websites. Go to the Stanford. Brookings Institute. Look at their research and publications and their white papers. Read these papers, any of which, uh, my, any of the uh, subsidiaries of the Tav- Tavistock Institute that my dad just listed. Look their websites up online. Bookmark them. Create a special file for them because exactly. there are, are treasure troves of information in there yeah, right. that uh, are you know elitist uh, plans, and and, and they they don't hide their plans from the public. Exactly. Yeah. Go ahead, Ted. Thanks for thanks for your patience. It's so funny. It's not like when we start talking about natural doctors being killed or this stuff, all of a sudden we start having problems, don't we, Doug? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the, the guys, listen to me. If you're listening tonight, uh, this stuff's real, and you know this is this is how we've been programmed. I mean, you know, if you if you watch, uh, the, the, there's a there's a really good video that you can watch. It's by um, oh, he'll come, he'll come to me in a second. He says how we've been programmed. And he did a whole big article on this, and but this is all how it this would have happened, how it happens. Okay, a thorough search and, and, and reading of the congressional records from 1910 to 1920 by the writer showed it very clearly that had Wilson not signed the Federal Reserve Act, the upper parallel secret government of the United States, foretold by H.G. Wells, would not have been able to commit the vast resources of the United States to the war in Europe. The House of Morgan, representing the Rothschilds or the Olympians of the Committee of 300 and its all-powerful city, London Financial Nexus, played a leading role in shaping the U.S. Federal Reserve Banks, which were neither federal nor banks, but a private money-generating monopoly fastened around the necks of the American people, leading them to slaughter. 
whose money was now free to be stolen on an unimaginable scale, making them slaves of the New World Order inside the coming One World Government. The Great Depression of the 1930s was the second major catastrophic bill the American people had to pay, the first being World War I. The Tavik Institute of Human Relations was its creation, and this, and this book is not about the Committee of 300 he's talking about. He wants everybody to read that book. Now, the Committee of 300, which was part of it, is interesting because of how, the, how, the, how it ties together. Let me tie this together for you real quick. Because I know we got a, this stuff is just, this is just some crazy stuff. The Committee of 300 and the map of this, it ties it all together with the Rothschild banking cartels. It ties it all together with the secret agendas that are going on. And it basically ties it all together with the Club of Rome, which is, you know, also called the Committee of 300. And so, uh, I'll find this article in a second. I just, um, Every time I do y'all show, I've got like a hundred articles sitting in front of me all the time. But anyhow, all of these things are tied back through the Rothschild banking cartel, the Bank of England, the royal family, all of the people that we've listed over and over and over again. And it all ties back to the Committee of 300, the UN, uh, the MI6, the Institute for Strategic Studies, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderbergers, the, the Roundtable, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, the Tavistock Institute, uh, it ties into Kissinger, it ties into the RAND, the RAND organization, gosh, RAND, God, if we get into that tonight, that's another, that's ridiculous how that, that thing does. And all of these things are basically tied together, including the Stanford Research Institute. We hear so much of Stanford, 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 Stanford. And these are the guys that are doing this. Now the Committee of 300, which is the ones running a lot of this, which is basically part of this group, uh, says the number one goal they have here. And they, they tell this. This is extracted from Conspirators', Conspirators Hierarchy, the story of the Committee of 300 by John Coleman, the same guy who wrote his last book. He says the number one goal is establish a one-world government and a one-world monetary system. Second is the utter destruction of all national identity and national pride. Number three, to engineer and bring about the destruction of religion, primarily Christianity, to establish to control each every person the means of mind control, to bring about an end to all industrialization and the production of nuclear-generated power. They want to especially get rid of fusion capabilities or technologies or any of that for free power, and also with Tesla. They want, number six, to encourage and eventually legalize use of drugs and make pornography an addiction and an art form, which they've done very well, to bring about depopulation of large cities, to suppress all scientific development except for those deemed beneficial by them, to cause by means of limited wars in advanced countries, by means of starvation and diseases in third world countries, the death of three billion people by the year 2050. This is what they, this is what they're, they're saying. The committee of 300 commissioned Cyrus Vance to write a paper on this subject and how to bring about such genocide. The paper was produced under the title Global 2000 Report and was accepted and approved for action by former President James Earl Carter and Edward Muskie, the Secretary of State, for on behalf of the U.S. government. I mean, this stuff's just nuts when you start reading this. To weaken the moral fiber of the nation, demoralize workers, to basically creating mass unemployment as jobs dwindle to the post-industrial growth, which we have 100 million unemployed now, introduced by this Club of Rome and all these different treaties. Use rock music to destroy the youth. To keep Hold that thought, Ted. Okay, we'll, we'll finish this and we'll start some other stuff. Folks, you're listening to Ted Brewer on this Thursday edition of the Hageman and Hagman Report. Go to his website, healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com. His book, Breakthrough Health, there. Also, you can sign up for his email alert. And we'll be right back with Dr. Brewer. He'll be with us from the next hour until the rest of the show. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. 
you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden, exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond, you may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Reporter. Very special guest tonight, Dr. Ted Brower. His website, healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com. He's got the best bar none nutritional supplements on the planet. They work. I take them. I, I, I swear by them. My wife takes them. We are uh, 100% Health Masters household, studio, and office. Eric, the tech, takes them. And you ought to see him now. He looks like uh, Jack LaLanne in his uh, prime. You know, people are saying, who the heck's Jack LaLanne? Yeah. It shows my age, right? Okay. Anyway, no, it's, it's great. I just want to say the, the number that we had given out earlier, the, the first, at the opening of the program of, of these, uh, filthy, despicable scammers, go figure. Disconnected already, changed already. So they'll be calling from a different number. But that's the power, in part, I believe, of the Hagman and Hagman listening audience. Uh, shortly thereafter, the number was given out over the air. Yeah, we're going to run. So unfortunately, we can't pull off what we're going to pull off, and that's to expose them on the air maybe next time. But actually, uh, two different numbers sent to me, both numbers not working, at least not from our system. So anyway, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, folks, uh, Eric just said, Eric the Tech just said, look, if you get a call from a different number outside of Los Angeles than, than we gave, send us a number. We'll expose them on air. This time we'll sneak up on them, though. Let's get back to our guest, Dr. Ted Brower, healthmasters.com. The uh, topic tonight is, uh, of course, mind control and how it is affecting us today and how we're witnessing it today, even in the elections of today. Now, you know what? It was interesting to me that, as Dr. Brower was talking too, uh, how many people remember the kidnap plot, the plot to kidnap Henry Kissinger back in, I, I don't remember what year it was, maybe 70, 71? It has its roots into, uh, British intelligence, MI6, and, uh, even Mossad to some lesser extent, and, uh, well, Western intelligence. But it was, uh, the priest Beringer back then, the anti-Vietnam War priest Beringer, and a few others, I think four others, I think it was five, 
uh, in total about the, the plot to kidnap Henry Heinz Kissinger. Okay, but 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 this is heavy duty stuff. So please pay attention because it has everything to do with current events. Portions of this broadcasting brought to you by HealthMasters.com. Ted, go ahead. Yeah, it's funny. Probably I'm probably one of the only people that's actually listening tonight that's actually sat down and sat there and talked to Henry Kissinger. <laughs> so this guy, he's he's just awful. I mean, he's just awful. Bless his heart. And I don't really understand the whole methodology about what he does, except it's all part of this. One real quick thing is the uh, we have a sale on at Health Masters that we haven't even promoted during the through the website at all. It's just first be talking about tonight through your show. It's Doug Five D O G Five five percent off everything for the next week at HealthMasters.com. Uh, Doug Five. And it doesn't matter. There's no minimum. There's no maximum. Everything you get is 5% off. And uh, one more quick thing. I want to do a real quick positive testimonial. Dave told me I could talk about this. Dave uh, Hodges. Uh, he called me up about, a, about probably about three weeks ago and was having some severe problems as far as having to get up in the middle of the night and with frequent urination, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he started talking to me about he'd lost a bunch of weight and he was thirsty all the time. And I told him, I said, dude, I said, you need to check your blood sugar. And he checked his blood sugar. And he ended up having his blood sugar over 400, Doug, just like you. It must, mm-hmm. it must kind of run, it must kind of run in the, uh, alternative radio family. And yeah. I, and I, and I told him, I said, don't worry about that. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on your dietary program. So we put him on dietary protocol and it's taken a couple of weeks and he called me or he texted me, I think today, I think his blood sugar is down around 160. His heart rate's come way, way down. His heart rate was way high. Uh, so he's almost back in a normal blood sugar range. And he did it using the Health Masters healthy blood sugar, you know, uh, support system is what it is and if you look at it on the website you'll see a Hagman blood sugar system that's what it is and what it does it basically teaches you we send you a detailed analysis if I have time in the third hour I'll cover that analysis on how to actually change your diet to not have all this insulin running through your system and all this glucose running through your system and how to how to deal with it but uh, it's just, it's a very it's not it's not hard but it's not easy in that you have to make dietary changes and you have to make lifestyle choices and so like I told Dave, I said, this has to turn into a lifestyle program for you instead of a diet. Because if you go back to the same diet you were eating before you had high blood sugar, it'll just go high again. It's just what happens. I mean, when you're dealing it, dealing it and taking care of it from a natural standpoint, you have to really monitor your lifestyle. And there's just certain things and certain junk food you just simply can't really eat as much of. Every once in a while, once you get your blood sugar under control, you can. But it's one of those deals you just can't go back to just not being careful about what you put into your body. And Doug, you'll attest to that too because you've been on the protocol oh, yeah. for what a year and a half now. And it's yeah. just you have to be careful. Just have to be careful. But okay, yeah. back to the ta- yeah. back to the Tavistock stuff. All right. Okay. So back to the committee of three hundred and their little goals for the world here. Uh, I think we keep everybody to number the next one to keep everybody everywhere from deciding their own destinies by one created crisis after another. And then managing such crises. And man, have we seen that. This is with all of it. This is all of these false flags we're seeing underneath Obama. This Obama presidency with these dozens of false flags that we've had, this has never happened before in the history of a presidency. It tells me that these guys are running scared. That's what it tells me, Doug. It tells me that they're pushing forward their agenda because they know that they've been exposed. Next, next, next thing they say they want to do, to introduce new cults. And continue to boost these already, those already functioning, which include different rock music gangsters. Okay. And this is these love, they love to, they love to push 
all of these groups. They actually started this, you know, you might not even know this, that the Beatles were a Tavistock creation. <laughs> I mean, it just goes on oh, yeah. and on. Uh, to continue to build up the cult of Christian fundamentalism, this, this author is calling it. And, uh, you know, which basically, you know, it's just, um, you gotta be careful when you're a Christian because it's like I read earlier when I wrote that email. And you guys all know I'm a committed Christian. I mean, I've been that way for since 1979. But you have to understand that, you know, you can't get the person into the White House that's probably going to espouse all of your Christian beliefs the way you look at things. And that's what they want you to believe is that you have to split up the groups of Christians and not vote for the best candidate. Next is to suppress and to spread for religious cults like the Muslim Brotherhood. Okay, well now we're seeing more on that. To export religious liberation around and ideas around the world to undermine Christianity. The cause, to cause a total collapse of the world economies and engender total political chaos. Out of, out of chaos will come order. To take control of all foreign and domestic policies of the United States. They've already done that. To give the fullest support to the, to the institutions such as the United Nations and the International Monetary Fund and the Rothschild Banks, the World Court, and as far as possible make local institutions less effective by gradually phasing them out or bringing them under the mantle of the United Nations. To penetrate and subvert all governments and destroy national sovereignty. They've already done that in the United States. To organize a worldwide terrorist apparatus. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. To take control of education. There we go. And they've done all of these things. These are the 21 things that they've decided they're going to do, according to John Coleman. You know, if you want to read his book, you can on that. But this is just how it's happened and who these people are. Now, I want to read you two more things on this, and we've got to move on to different topics. Here's an article. Here's a statement by Aldous Huxley. World bankers, by pulling a few simple levers that control the flow of money, can make or break entire countries. By controlling press releases of economic strategies that shape national trends, the power of the elite are able to not only tighten their stranglehold on a nation's economic structure, but can extend that control worldwide. Those possessing such power would logically want to remain in background and invisible to the average citizen. Tavistock programming includes these terms, deception, brainwashing, disassociation, conditioning, negative injunctions, forced choice, engineered consent. There will be, this is, this is, uh, this is by Aldous Huxley again. Now you guys are going to love this. This is from the 1984 stuff. There will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and slavery and producing a dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that the people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather they will enjoy it because they will be distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda or brainwashing or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Aldous Huxley, Tavistock Group, California Medical School, 1961. And you know, this concentration camp that I'm talking of doesn't necessarily have to be a death camp. Like last time we were on the show with you guys, we were talking about how Gaza had become a concentration camp. I in no way meant that was a death camp. It is just a, they basically have concentrated the group of people in there. I mean, they don't have gas chambers and all stuff going on in there. I never meant to say that. I never did say that. But somebody asked me that question, and certainly that's not the case. Programs with proven historical context originating or rooted in Tavistock brain trust include the War on Terror. Now listen to me this. War on Terror, total term from the brain trust of Tavistock. War on Terror, George Bush. Total information awareness. Full spectrum dominance. Joint vision 2020. Shock and awe. Propaganda, narco-capitalism, social engineering. I mean, on and on and on these different terms are being used. Tavistock's time machine. 
just outside London, Tavistock Institute and the Sloan Engineering Nerve Center have a global psych war apparatus that attacks our collective consciousness and unconsciously, relentlessly. Established after World War I by Duke Kent of Kent, by George of Kent to study shell shock, the original Tavistock Clinic developed psychological warfare for British intelligence. More than an international institution, Tavistock became a non-local community of practice of a dark, invisible college, the Castilia of crypto cryptocracy. Tavistock's grandmother is a drug empire of the British East India Company, and theosophically esoterics. Its grandfather is the open conspiracies of utopian H.G. Wells, <laughs> Cecil Rhodes, and Fabian Socialists. Tavistock is the paranoid child of the Leipzig and Frankfurt schools of critical thinking and behaviorism. The psychodynamics of Freud and Jung are its godparents, but Tavistock's birth mother, as we mentioned earlier, was Wellington House, also known as the Lie Factory. It goes on to say, Crisis Creation. Not reserving their techniques for the enemy, Tavistock spread their contagious theory and practice of mass mind control into all strategic institutions. Tavistock wrote the blueprint for global dominion, a triumph of image over substance, the hydraulic model of tensions that has given way to the field theory of full-spectrum domination. I mean, they wrote the book on propaganda, procrastination, and profiling. This goes on to say they were funded by the British Royal Society and the Rothschilds again. Through a twist of freight, the shaping of Tavistock became synonymous with the shaping, control, culture of forcing unwelcome changes and seizing psychological control of the human race. The brainwashing institute has twisted our beliefs into their very opposites. By collapsing our psychic mind boundaries, now we are permanently shell-shocked with what their intention was. The Tavistock agenda identifies and creates macro tens, such as the new left, military activism, and a counterpoint to neocon manipulation. <laughs> a Rockefeller grant supplied by the Rothschilds gave birth to the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations in 1947, which by the year is the same year as this spaceship thing in Roswell, which seems like everything kind of started with that whole mess. He really got really wound up. Tavistock says national agendas as part of a global shadow government used to convert techniques to sell the war in Germany, the domino theory of the Cold War for financial gain, deliberate creation of a crisis is the primary tool of social engineering and global psychodrama. Other networked think tanks are a dissemination organ. They created peer pressure through the strata of society designed to break people down into conscious conformity. In other words, they brainwash you. That's how they do it. Uh, Goebbels, propaganda minister of the German Third Reich, used methodology divided by Bernays, as well as those of Willy Mutzenberg, whose extraordinary career is touched upon in the work about the past, present, and future. Without Tavistock, there would never have been a World War I. That is true. And with, and with that for there'd never be a World War II. There never would have been a Bolshevik Revolution, a Korea, a Vietnam, a Serbia, Iraq Wars, War on Terror. None of it would have happened, according to John Coleman. And I believe that. Tavistock agenda is used to create and topple governments. Its objective is to eventually control entire populations between the use of drugs. Here we go. And let's talk about the drugs. We're putting kids now on candy, Ritalin. We talked about that earlier. Schedule two drugs. I mean, all of this stuff, sophisticated mind control techniques, this is all about the use of fluoride, including group dynamics, this range of disciplines, including anthropology, economics, organizational behavior, political science, psychoanalysis, psychology, and sociology, any technique which helps to break down the family unit and family inculcated principles of religion, honor, 
patriotism and normal sexual behavior is used by the Tavistock scientists as weapons of crowd control. They are currently involved in a war of extermination on the small American farmer through the use of usury and the bankruptcy by giant land trusts. And this goes on and on and on. We can just keep going with this. I, have, I, I don't want to spend a whole three hours on this, but I've, I've got so many notes on this tonight. I've got one more term. I want, one more thing I want to talk about, and this is just a, another article. This was this one was written by a, by Weeks MD, and he basically goes into detail about all the things that we've already talked about it. And he says the Tavica Institute is headquartered in London. It's Prophet Sigmund Freud settled in Marsfield Gardens when he moved to England. He was given a mansion by Princess Bonaparte. Tavistock's pioneer work in behavioral science along the Freudian lines of controlling human emotions established it as a world center of foundation ideology and it now ex- extends to the University of Sussex, to the U.S., to Stanford Research Institute, Heritage Foundation, Center for, Nas- for Strategic and International Studies at Georgetown, where the State Department personnel are trained, U.S. Air Force Intelligence, and the RAND and MITRE corporations. Tavistock Institute developed mass brainwashing techniques which were first used experimentally on American prisoners in the war in Korea. And experiments in crowd and control methods have been widely used on the American public. A serotipitous but nevertheless outrageous assault on human, human freedom by modifying individual behavior through topical psychology. A German refugee, Kurt Lewin, became the director of Tavistock in 32. He came to the U.S. in 1933 as a refugee, the first of many infiltrators, and set up the Harvard Psychology Clinic which originated the propaganda campaign to turn the American public to get Germany involved in the United States in World War II. In 1938, Roosevelt executed a secret agreement with Churchill, which is still in effect, and it ceded U.S. sovereignty to England. Now, I didn't know about this one either, Doug. I'd have to check this one out. Because it agreed to let the special operations executive control U.S. policies to implement this agreement. Roosevelt sent General Donovan to London for indoctrination before setting up the OSS, now the CIA, under the aegis of SOESIS, the entire OSS program, as well as the CIA, has always worked on guidelines set up by the Tavistock Institute. The Tavistock Institute originated the mass civilian bombing raids carried out by Roosevelt and Churchill purely as a cynical experiment in mass terror, keeping records of the results as they watched the guinea pigs reacting under laboratory-controlled situations, including Dresden, where half a million people died in one night. It was a test. It was a beta test to see how the population would act. They killed a half a million. The methods of Freudian psychotherapy induce permanent mental illness to those who undergo his treatment by destabilizing their character. The victim is then advised to establish new rituals of personal interaction, that is to indulge in brief sexual encounters, which actually set the participants adrift with no stable personal relationships in their lives, destroying their ability to establish or to maintain a fab family. Tavistock Stock Institute has developed such power in the U.S. that no one archives prominence in any field has been trained in behavioral science at Tavistock or any of its subsidiaries. Then it goes on to talk about Kissinger and who he was. And then it talks about another school, another prominent Tavistock operation is the Wharton School of Finance at the University of Pennsylvania. And just on and on and on. They have their use of the S.G. Warburg of London developed LSD and how James Paul Warburg, son of Paul Warburg, who wrote the Federal Reserve Act, who pushed the LSD into the counter-student revolution, which was financed by $25 million of the CIA. All the records of the CIA drug testing program with MKUltra were ordered destroyed by the head of MKUltra because all efforts of the Tavistock Institute are directed towards producing cyclical collapse. The effect of the CIA programs are tragically apparent. I mean, this goes on. Today, the Tavistock Institute operates a $6 billion a year network of foundations in the U.S., 
all funded by taxpayers' money. Ten major institutions are under its direct control with 400 subsidiaries and 3,000 other study groups and think tanks, which originate many types of programs to increase the control of the new world order over the American people. The Stanford Research Institute, adjoining the Hoover Institution, is a 150 million year operation with 3,300 employees, and it carries on program surveillance for Bessel, Kaiser, and 400 other corporations and extensive intelligence operations for the CIA. It is the largest institution on the West Coast promoting mind control and behavioral sciences. And it goes on to talk about how, and I want you guys to read this article. You can pull this up. I'm not going to read any more of it. It's just good. They're talking about the National Training Laboratories, the National yep. Education Society. All of this stuff is tied together. This guy's art, this article is Tavistock, the best kept secret in America by yep. Dr. Byron T. Weeks. It's available online for free. Tavistock, the best kept secret in America from Byron T. Weeks, W-E-E-K-S. But guys, I think I've covered enough of this stuff in an hour and a half to let everybody know that we have been basically put under this stuff with these think tank groups, and they are controlling the United States through RAND and through these different tanks, and how they basically manipulate and control the planet now, except for Russia and China. That's why they're trying to make Russia the boogeyman, and they're putting all of our NATO troops on the borders with Russia, and they're saying how aggressive Russia is, and it's simply not true. Russia's not doing anything. Now, here's another really good article. And, and you, you know what, Ted? Just to say something real quick on on that on Russia. Um, the uh, the uh, there was a link on Drudge Report to an article about the dangerous game Russia is playing, but but they are re- not 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 the not to uh, you know uplift Putin or or anything like that. But if you really understand both sides of what's taking place. Russia is responding to the activities of NATO, the activities of the the Western uh, coalition. So, uh, you know, folks, understand that that we're being played on both sides. And and one more thing, you had mentioned, too, about um, the Beatles and and, and Tavistock. I just want to say that the entirety of the Laurel Canyon scene, this, um, of course, um, uh, Paul, Paul McGuire talks a lot about this, and we've talked a lot about this, too from the Beatles to the Doors onward. I mean, folks, uh, um, the um, uh, Gulf of Tonkin incident, at the at the epicenter of that was uh, Admiral George Stephen Morrison. Well, folks, Jim Morrison was his son, and that's of the Doors. In fact, Laurel Canyon, um, all of the musicians there, all of their, if you, if you could chase their lineage back, they were all offspring of military officers right. or intelligence officers. But and how this relates to to today, Donald Trump, by the way, um, the 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 backlash that's that's going against Donald Trump is being orchestrated through uh, a lot a lot of this through the Tavistock Institute and its American affiliates. Just trust me on this, or or do your research yourself. So thank you. No, no, it is because because the problem is uh, he's not a member of the club. He's not a sodomite, okay? <laughs> As Coach Dave would say, he, he's not a sodomite. You know, he doesn't like to have sex with little boys. I mean, he, it's just Donald Trump is a heterosexual who has had three really pretty wives with really good children. Uh, he's from Scottish, I believe, and German descent. And, I mean, he wants to restore the country. And he's had enough of this. I mean, I'm sure he's aware of most of the stuff that we're talking about tonight. And that's why they're scared to death of him. That's why they're pulling the stops out. And, by the way, Putin, according to this article by Baxter Dimitri in Newsworld, says he has now banned the Rothschilds from Russia. 
Now, I thought that was interesting. He played the New World Order game long enough to climb as high as a position of president. Then he abruptly turned his back on them, prompting Jacob Rothschild to accuse him of being a traitor to the New World Order. And now he has banned them from Russian territory. And apparently he's paid them back with the oil sales from the money that he owed them because they weren't massively in debt. And Putin recently reminded his cabinet that he paid off the Rothschild's debt and grabbed them by the scruff of the neck and kicked them out of Russia's back door. Now, whether all this is true or not, I don't know. I hope it is. I mean, I haven't seen this in any other mainstream media, but they're not going to promote it anyhow. But now the New World Order is trying to plunge us into World War III. And so President Putin basically has not done anything to, to cause all of this. One more quick thing about this institute. And it says they're now, they're now finding they can actually biohack into dreams, Doug, and they can actually increase dream awareness. And they narrowed us by transcranial alternating current stimulation. And we already know about the voice-to-skull evidence and how they do that. And you can also read articles understanding mind control and how this cabal, these are the cultists, and they're basically satanic in nature. And so uh, I could cover all of this, but there's no reason to. We've already covered enough of this stuff tonight. But anyhow, one more thing I want to say about this, and then we're going to move on to some health stuff. Agenda 21 of the Illuminati's Enduring Quest for Dominion and World Government. This is by, uh, by Sarik. She goes, some even believe that we are part, this is a Rockefeller quote, some even believe that we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political economic structure, a one world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. David Rockefeller Memoirs, page 405. So they admit to this stuff. All you have to do is read their stuff. They're so arrogant, they write about it all the time because this is, they want everybody to go on history as being the ones who did this. In 1990, Agenda 21, in 1992 at the Venezuela Conference, the United Nations passed something called Agenda 21, for which the elder U.S. President George Bush publicly gave his support. It referred to something called sustainable development. But what this plan laid out was very clearly a one-world government. The idea of a one-world rule is not new to the Bush clan or even to the modern-day Illuminati. It's been around since the times of the Roman Empire and before. Even the Christian Bible suggests that the Antichrist would attempt to install a one-world government, although that specific term is not used. There is an apolitic vision in the book of Revelations. But when John goes on to describe the ruler of the vast empire as having power and great authority given him by Satan himself, Revelation 13.2 being followed by receiving worship from all the world, Revelation 13, 3 through 4, and welding power every tribe, people, nation, and nation, Revelation 13, 7. And it goes on to talk about how Babylon is a city built with a monument at the center to men's lower instincts and set up to God for their higher spirit, notoriously fell, but it made no mistake in the EU Parliament building in Strasbourg, it was modeled after Babylon. There are numerous historical references to what it would look like. And it goes on to say... Quotes Paul McGuire, which I love, because Paul, I love Paul, he's a great guy. The UN is not asking permission, but issuing a demand, a command that the entire planet will commit to 17 sustainable development goals and 169 sustainable per development targets designed to radically transform our world by 2030. The UN 2030 plan promoted by the Pope will advance a 20 Agenda 21 on steroids. Through a controlled media, the mass population will be told that it's all about saving the environment and ending poverty. But that is not true Agenda of, of Agenda 21. The true Agenda 21 is to establish a global government, global economic system, and global religion. When the UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon spoke of a dream of world peace and dignity for all, this is no different than the communist promise to keep the, the workers' paradise. 
And she goes on to say, how close are we to one world government? And she says, we're really, really, really close. And then he talks about all the failed attempts. You can read this author, too. You can read her article. But I just want to give you some insight on what was going on with that tonight. And then we've got a whole bunch of nutrition stuff I want to talk about, which is really important that we cover that tonight because I, this is, you know, what I absolutely love to talk about. You know that. And we're going to cover a whole bunch of stuff about homeschooling families and what's going on with all of them. Anything you want to comment on this, Doug, as far as now that we're done with this part of this? Folks, it, the lie is bigger than you can imagine. Ted, just keep going. Or take us where you want to go. Uh, nutrition right now is good. Is a good place. Well, I mean, we also talk. Well, let, let's. I'm gonna jump on one other thing real quick. Let's talk real quick about how Obama has escalated the Afghan war. I'm gonna. I want to talk about that for just one second. It, there's only one reason we're escalating the Af, the Afghani war. Okay, and and you got to understand where we're coming from with this one. It has nothing to do with Afghanistan. It has to do with opium production and poppy seed production. The Taliban were getting back in there, and they were destroying the poppy fields. And so now there weren't enough troops to guard the poppy fields in Afghanistan, so they've had to escalate the Afghan war again to make sure they can maintain that trillion-dollar flow to the shadow government through the Exchange Stability Fund through the United States military of bringing heroin into the United States. Now, again, read the book. The CIA, or Operation Gladio, the CIA, the Vatican, and the unholy lives between the Vatican, the CIA, and the mafia. And you'll read all about this stuff. But this is what's going on with Afghanistan, and that's the reason that we're now going back into Afghanistan. And while they're saying that this war is going to be indefinite, 15 years of naked aggression in Afghanistan isn't enough. America's longest war is raging endlessly. Why? Because of the Afghan heroin. And Doug, if I'm wrong, tell me. Crickets. (laughs) Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's go ahead and do some health stuff real quick, and then we'll cover some more of the world news. Beyonce and Justin Timberlake, again, Tavistock boys, are being paid millions now to endorse cancer-causing junk foods. Now, now that I've told you all of this stuff, you know, <laughs> this is what they're doing. For instance, signing a $50 million to promote Pepsi products or $6 million just to utter three words on behalf of McDonald's. I'm loving it. Beyonce managed the first deal, John, Justin Timberlake the second. In fact, a recent study published in the Journal of Pediatrics described lucrative endorsement deals of 65 music celebrities, most of them hawking some of the junkiest of junk foods and unhealthiest of sugary drinks. What are they doing? They've, see, see, here's the thing about the, the, these groups. When these stars get to this giant prominence in this, in this occult world, you know, that they, that they get involved in, they have to be very, very careful with these guys, and they've got to keep them on a choke chain. And so when these guys start talking about stuff they're not supposed to talk about, they can't deal with it. They either have to be silenced, they have to be overdosed, their cars have to blow up, or something has to happen. You know, the Hollywood music industry is probably the best example because it's so obvious. This Kabbalistic teaching shows them how to call up demons and perform rituals to feed the dynamic entities through human sacrifice, and in turn, the demons, Lucifer, whoever you want to call them, allows the physical reality to change to accommodate the wishes of the person or persons doing the ritual. This is why so many of the Hollywood people with the red Kabbalah string around their wrist, they have given themselves over to Lucifer and to the fallen angels. And so this is what we have to understand that's going on with all of this stuff, because unless you get this, that Sabbatan Levy, who was a Luciferian Satanist, who brought Jacob Frank into it, 
who brought the Rothschilds into it, who brought the Sigmund Freud guy into it, who brought in Edward Bernays into it. That's whole, this whole agenda is Luciferian in nature. And if you try to separate the religion from this, and you try to look at it from just a psychological standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. And here's why. Because human beings are basically good because we're created in God's image. You know, we're not, we're not psychopaths. But these guys are like psychopaths. And there, many of these families that are involved in this, Doug, they routinely abuse their children and their babies to shatter their personalities. And Russ Dizdar talks about this in, the, in the, his book, The Black Awakening. They, they, this is what they do routinely to their kids and to family members and to other members of these cults to make them compliant and do their wishes. I mean, we see this in the, in the show. They kind of gave us insight into this in the movie, in the, in the, in the movies, the uh, Born Identity and the Born Supremacy. That was all part of the Tavistock program, which, remember, came out of the MKLP program, which, remember, came out of the German concentration camps, which led to Operation Paperclip. That's how it all ties together. So this whole thing, yep. basically, is this giant psychop that's been brought to us by Luciferians who worship Satan, who want us to be in a new world order under their dominion, under the boot of Lucifer, and that's the plan. So that's what they're doing, and that's why they're hiring these top people now to go in and do this promoting of these junk foods which further enslave humanity. Now, here's an interesting thing. Uh, uh, Ted, before you go on, mm-hmm. just received an email from Pat from London, UK, All right, listening live. Yeah. Uh, good morning, Pat. But anyway, he, he says, hello there, Hagmans. You do know that what Ted is talking about. They've already done this in the UK. Don't I feel like a man uh, on an island all by myself? Still, life is going to get a lot weirder, more weird. Remember, always look up or on the brighter side of life, basically. Happy days and big love, too. Pat from London, UK. So thanks, Pat, for listening. And uh, uh, basically, yeah, it's uh, it's coming to it. Well, it's here in America, but uh, it, it's still beneath the surface somewhat. But nonetheless, it's here as well. Yeah, and but, you know, so. this is why they're doing the transgender stuff, okay? This is why they're doing the child ritual sacrifices and the, and the, and the, and the bloodletting and all the stuff that they do. It's to control all of this from a psychic standpoint, they call it, you know? And, and the thing that nobody really understands is that all of this stuff, and you know, we understand tonight because I've covered all, but all of this, 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 the, the uh, all of this bathroom stuff, these are just, these are not, they're, they're, they're just agendas to splinter the population. They're, there's all mind programming because when the media starts to lose control of what they're being taught or what is, what's being said, and Donald Trump starts getting too much traction, they've got to come in with some, they have to shoot another, they have to just release another Monica missile. That's why Obama decided suddenly to give transgenders the right to use every bathroom. I mean, are you kidding me? You can't do that. He didn't write an executive order to do that, but he did it. You know? I mean, it's, it's the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. That this guy just says all the stuff. And of course, for two or three weeks, that's all we wanted to talk about was tran- transgender bathrooms. And this is this training. This is the mindset. This is what they do to us on an ongoing basis. So it's kind of crazy. And here's another article. If you want to accelerate a child's brain development, teach them music. Alternative and complementary treatments such as creative art and prayer have been proposed to bridge many gaps in conventional medicine, but it cannot. But music, because of, because of its ambiguity in our society as well as the ease of transmission, has perhaps the greatest potential among alternative theories to reach people deep in profound ways. Music heals. And it says that music instruction appears to accelerate brain development in young children, particularly areas in the brain responsible for processing sound, language development, 
speech perception and reading skills according to initial reports of a five-year study by USC neuroscientists. Let me tell you what I did with Harrison. When he was a little bitty kid, we had a set of Mozart blocks. You can, I believe you can get them online still. And it played all these different tunes from Mozart. And he could play with it in his crib. And I kid you not, Doug, we did this because I had read this stuff about the violins and the stuff they did in Japan. So we put these blocks in his crib and so he started playing all of these different tunes. I mean, he was like, you know, one or two years old. And he's playing all of this Mozart, playing all this Mozart, playing all this Mozart, and, you know, developing all these patterns in his brain and loved it. Well, one day, he's like seven or eight years old, and I hear somebody playing a piano in the other room because we have this little keyboard. And I'm like, what the heck's this all about? Because no one's ever taught Harrison how to play piano. I walk in there, he's playing piano. Taught himself how to play piano. Taught himself how to play piano. He's an incredible pianist. I mean, he taught himself. You can watch him on YouTube if you want. Uh, Harrison Brower plays piano. Just, just Google it. You can do it on YouTube. And what was interesting about this is he suddenly, you know, passes all of his college entrance exams at 14 years of age, including the master, you know, the advanced math. And he learned all his mathematics, basically, in music to start with. And now, just last night, he came to me. He's in a, this advanced algebra class at the university. He's got like 80 hours now, and he's a junior in high. He's a senior in high school starting in the fall. He's like, you know, he needs 120 hours to graduate with his bachelor's degree. He's already at 80 hours. And he told me, he said, Dad, he said, you know, he said, the algebra is just really, really easy to me. In fact, my algebra teacher, this college algebra teacher, asked me when I was going to, when I, if I would sign up with pre-calculus with him. And he said that he wasn't going to take pre-calculus. And what was interesting about this is his mathematics skills, and I believe a lot of it was due to his music ability and teaching himself how to play the piano, Doug, are unbelievable. I mean, his math skills are better than my math skills were. And I really believe he could go all the way through college calculus and get straight A's on all of it because he's just everything's just really easy when it comes to formulas and that kind of stuff for him. But it started with those silly Mozart blocks in his crib. And if I ever had any more kids, which I won't at 60, <laughs> my wife is too old to bear any more children. If I had any more kids or grandkids, now that I have a grandkid, I'm going to get my little hunter, my little grandson, another set of those Mozart blocks. Because the Mozart uh, blocks... To, yeah, you know what, Ted? Uh, we had Michael Terrell on, the creator of Holtonslive.com. Uh, Holtonslive, he accessed the... Uh, uh, well, he's created music uh, blocks or music uh, projects or, or songs but but you know like mozart like um uh, uh i want to say that to me they're symphonies but it's from holton's live and he accesses different frequencies the good frequencies to either sedate uh motivate you know depending on w- w- what you're attempting to do and, and that's one of our sponsors holtonslive.com but it, it's the same thing you talked about and and folks you know think back to what ted brower talked about uh, last year about about frequency, even this year about frequency. I, I'm a big believer, Ted, that that music is really math, uh, and math is music both. I mean, they're they're oh yes, exactly, exactly. You know, they are. So. They, well, there they are. I mean, plus it's the brain development. I mean, you guys, yeah. think about it. Yeah. I mean, when we when we get to heaven, we're going to be singing praises to God in symphony, okay? And we're going to be doing it for, I guess the Bible says, thousands of years, which is cool, because it's going to be over with really fast, and I don't think we have a, yeah, I don't think we're going to even have any recollection of what time is up there. You know, it's going to be, everything's going to be so different. I mean, because it's, you know, God is the eternal now. He basically is the Alpha and the Omega. And, and you know, and when we talk about all of this scientific stuff, I'm not doing New Age stuff. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe in the virgin birth. 
I believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe in all of those things. I'm a fundamental Christian. I go to a Baptist church. I've been saved for, you know, 35 years now, and or third longer than that now, 37 years. And what's interesting about that is, you know, when I get accused of being a New Ager, <laughs> I just laugh about it because it's simply not true. I'm a scientist. That I am. Okay, I'm a, I'm a bio, biochemist. I mean, I was trained at Florida State University, and I know a lot of stuff about all of these different things. But the reality is, you know, my whole life and my whole love of my life is Jesus Christ and my relationship with Yahweh, my relationship with Yeshua. And that's the most important thing to me that's ever going to be in my, in my entire existence because that's where we're going to spend eternity. And so when these guys who are so ignorant, they don't understand that they can't just start saying that people are new age, I mean, it's nonsense. You could say that Paul McGuire's New Age, which he's not, or Coach Dave is, or you are. I mean, it's just words. You know, we have to look at people by the words and by their actions. You know, my my walk talks a lot louder than my talk talks. And I've learned over the years that you have to maintain stability in all the areas of your life, including your walk with Christ. And I've seen some crazy things over the years, and I've talked about a lot of it on your show. And the thing about it is... It hasn't affected my walk with Jesus because I didn't give my heart and my soul and my life to a man in a pulpit that's a man and he could sin and fall short of the glory of God and I would lose hope or faith in God or in Yeshua or in Yahweh. I didn't do that, Doug. When I, kept him, when I, accepted, when I accepted Yeshua, I accepted him for who he was, the Son of God, the Son of Yahweh, and I changed my life eternally through him. And so that's why... My hope is not in man. We have hope in the cross. We have hope in the future. And we've talked about all of the physics around the cross and how all of these things work through scalar waves and how we're interdimensional beings. And I've gone into detail on your show about that. That has nothing to do with the New Age. And I've had so many, literally hundreds of emails over the years when we talk about these types of topics that say that people's faith are, in, are strengthened and that they were atheists or they were agnostic and they've accepted Jesus Christ because we've talked about the power of the cross and, the, and, and what God did for us on the cross. See, that's the most important thing. But what happens is they use fundamentalism, and this is another Tavistock programming, and I mentioned that earlier. They use the fundamentalism of Christianity and they want to break us up into subsections and subgroups to control us and to make us fight with one another. And I'm not going to do that. You know, I mean, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to walk in bitterness and anger with people who don't agree with me. I'll Amen. just pray that, that God shows them who's right, and if I'm right, it's good. And if they're right, that's good, and God shows me the error of my way. And see, that's the most important thing we have to do. We have to learn to walk in love, because love is a very specific frequency again. Hatred is another very specific frequency. They've learned that now with the Tavistock Institute. They've learned it all with these different frequency-generating weapons they have. Fear is another frequency. And they can broadcast these specific frequencies to you and make you have anger or fear or love or suicidal thoughts. They have the ability to do that from frequency. And see, because we're an energy wave on this planet, we're, that's what we are, we're just an energy wave, and we're here with God in a holographic universe, and the only thing real here is our soul, and that's why we have to prepare our soul for the journey to be with, the, with God Almighty for all eternity through Jesus Christ, through Yeshua. And see, that's what people need to understand. I'm not trying to add anything to the Bible, any kind of New Age doctrine. I would never do that. What I'm trying to do is say, look, 
God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He made the universe. If you don't think God's a physicist, okay, you got, or and a geneticist that he put us all together, then you got you need to kind of read a little bit up, read a little bit about that because he is. He's the creator of the entire structure that we live in, which I believe that he controls, you know, through his dimension that he's in. Now we know that we're, we're a multi-dimensional hologram that we're in. And I believe that we can come to him in prayer. And I believe that that's what happened on Friday night when I took authority over Austin and I started laying hands on him and praying for him. And we changed this, this movie that was being played, so to speak, to not to use the better, better vernacular because I wasn't going to accept that. See, and that's what people don't understand. When you pray, you're putting out scalar waves that literally change the very fabric of time space. And guys, that's why prayer is so powerful. It releases dunamis into the unseen realms. I mean, that's why these demons flee. I mean, everything has to leave you alone. You know, I mean, I, I've seen people before, they've, they've had all these problems in their life, and finally they cry out to God and say, God, please help me. Yahweh, help me. Yeshua, please help me. I can't do this on my own. And suddenly, it just goes away, whether whether that's it's an addiction to cigarettes or alcohol or to drugs or to pornography. They get delivered from it instantaneously because the power of the cross and the power of God is overwhelming to me of what Yahweh has done and what Yeshua has done and how they've brought us to this. And that's why these Sabbatean Kabbalists, these Luciferians that are running this show through Tavistock and through Freud and all those other sexually deviant weirdos, that's why they hate Christianity. That's why the entire emphasis that I talked about tonight is breaking up the nuclear family and killing and destroying Christianity. You know, Muslims could pray in the schools. They get their prayer rugs out and stop traffic in downtown New York if they want. They can do anything they want to do. But, Doug, if our kids try to pray in school, they're escorted out. Last week, they had a man who was doing a flag-folding ceremony as a memorial, and he was he brought up God, talked about being in God's name, and they escorted the man out. I think you probably saw that on your news show. I mean, they, they took yeah. him out yeah. by, they, by yeah. armed guards. Why? Because he wasn't, he wasn't screaming about Muhammad. If the guy had been a Muslim yelling about Muhammad, they wouldn't have done anything to him. Because that, there's no yeah. power with, and Muslims, listen to me for a second. The power of the cross, you know, Muhammad is dead. Jesus Christ ain't dead, okay? He sits at the right hand of God Almighty. He's, he's, he's in the same dimension as God. He's omnipresent. He's the beginning. He's the begin. He's the end. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He has authority over all of this. Muhammad does not. Buddha does not. This is Yahweh in Yeshua's realm. And they allow us to be in this hologram that we're in to basically control our very existence if we want through prayer. But guys, the evil one is also here, the Sabbateans, and we've got to expose these guys, and we've got to stand firm in the Word of God and the power of the cross, and, the, and we've got to pray, and we've got to read our Bibles on an ongoing basis, because then when the enemy comes at you like a flood, you're going to lift a standard against him to stop it, because you're under the Word of God, because you're going to have on the armor of God, and you're going to be able to withstand all of these attacks. And that's the whole key with all of this. You know, people say, well, how can you be so calm after this happened with Austin this week? And I said, because I know who my Redeemer is. I know who, has, I, I, who, right. who, 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 who saved me. I mean, you know, so, so that's the whole key. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm kind of preaching a little bit, Doug. I didn't. No, know. you know what? I, I just want people really to keep praying for Austin. That's right. Ted's son. You know, please. And we, we had talked when this happened last week. Uh, I mean, so many, you know what, Ted, and if I can digress just. A few, or a few minutes before the top of the hour, um, we, 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 
with Todd uh, from Global Star Radio Network. He had a personal crisis with his wife. You had a, a very serious personal crisis with your with Austin, your son. By the way, folks, and I had mentioned this before. Go back to uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Mondays or uh, the, I'm sorry, the previous Mondays a week, the, 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 a week ago Mondays uh, episode. I think it was Monday that Austin did about the Orlando shooting, the math behind the the numbers. Was that was that Monday, Ted? I, I don't have my it, notes in front it, of Doug, me. Doug, it was, and I played that show today specifically because I right. wanted it to play tonight after your show so people stay tuned after the show at 10 o'clock. They can hear the first 20 minutes where Austin goes over all of the numbers and why this thing was a specific false flag. And also, Doug, the, the gun that supposedly he's using now is not an AR-15. It's a SIG. And, and, the, and the craziest thing about that gun is gas got a gas chamber in it, and I've shot that gun. And, in fact, I was running down a tactical range with it. And, uh, you know, right. over uh, down in Miami, I think I told you the story. And, yep. uh, you, know, when, uh, you know, we're clearing a house with it, I'm, and we're, losing, we're, we're using live ammo, right? And I would not used that gun before in a tactical exercise. And I shot four rapid-fire rounds, like boom, 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 like that, which an AR-15 was fine with. And that silly piston-drive SIG jammed on me. And because of the, uh, because of the, because it's different layout than an AR-15, the, the, the range helper had to come over. Of course, he's a military guy. So first thing he starts doing is fussing at me because, you know, I didn't have the ability to clear my weapon quickly enough. And I looked at him and I laughed and I said, dude, I am paying you for this. And I said, I know you're ex-military and I know you like to yell at people. I said, but you can keep yelling at me like, or you're, if you like, or you can help me clear the weapon. <laughs> That's what I told him. And he looked at me and started laughing and he, and he cleared the weapon for me. But that sick jam's real bad. When you yeah, fire. It, it, I, I've I've read the reviews on that yeah. very weapon, and and because of the uh, the way it, it's actually this just to make sure I'm talking about the same one here. I think it's the MPX or MCX. I'm not sure of the initials, but is this not a collapsible stock and even considered a pistol? Or, yes, or, it is. That's exactly what it okay. is. And what I All did, right. I got a tax stamp for it, and I put a short barrel. Uh, I put a a a, 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 a stock on it. And so now right. you know it's, okay. it's a short. Now it's a short barrel rifle. Now I will, but here's here's what it does do. It doesn't kick at all. I mean, you can hold that thing on your nose and shoot it, and you won't even feel it. I mean, it has right. zero recoil. And a two two three doesn't have much to start with, but that gas activated piston gets rid of that recoil. So it's a great weapon. Now Austin says if I ran about a thousand rounds through it, it wouldn't jam up like that. But this guy had just gotten his weapon, and there's no. I guarantee you, he didn't run a thousand rounds through that gun before we bought it, and it was not an AR-15. It was not right. an AR-15, and so that's the gun they always want to demonize. Anyhow, so I believe. Uh, and, and by, by the way, that, that's a pretty pricey gun. Okay, um, it, when you start, when you get into that particular weapon, you're talking a, a base price of around thirteen, thirteen and change, a hundred dollars uh, for that weapon. That, that's what I've seen. Now I don't know, maybe areas different, but. Anyway, well, it's, it's, actually cla- it's actually classified as a pistol. It comes right. with a pistol grip on it, and so it's very short. And so yeah, I mean, you, you can, can actually, get a Velcro. You, you actually could seal carry it if you wanted to. <laughs> you could. I mean, it's like a. It would be like a. Um, oh, what was that? Uh, um, almost like an Uzi, an uh, Israeli yeah, or a, Very yeah, small. Anyway, can I ask you here? We we got about uh, four minutes left at the top of the hour. Can I ask you? And and I've been really wrestling with this, and I, I spoke to a couple of different people about this. Orlando, the shooter, Muslim, the venue, victimology, homosexuals in a in a homosexual nightclub. Okay, how, Ted? If if this was a globalist slash Luciferian slash 
if this was an orchestrated event, let's just say for a moment, speculate it was, why wasn't the shooter in this case caught with, why wouldn't he be a Caucasian male from the South caught with a Bible and a pocket constitution on him as opposed to a Muslim? Okay. You know, you know, what's interesting, Doug, the, you know, Austin covered this on yesterday's show, and he said that basically uh, there were multiple shooters in there, and the police breached the club within minutes, and they were inside the club, you know, behind cover, and they were told by SWAT to leave the club, and then it went off for another three hours, and the shooter was in the bathroom, and that's what happened supposedly. But the entire story that we got from all of this it doesn't make any sense. Now, here's the other interesting thing. I watched a lot of the live coverage, and I watched a lot, I watched a lot of the reviews. And, and guys, listen to me. If, you, if you've seen it, let me know. But I did not see one ambulance leave the scene. I did not see one helicopter come in. I did not see one paramedic running around the street. I did not see one stretcher pulling out somebody. I didn't see any of that. I saw a bunch of police cars parked down the street from a club with their lights turned on. That's all I saw. Now, the crazy thing about all of this, Doug, is why aren't they showing that? You know, when Columbine happened back in the 90s, you know, when the boy was running around through the hallways, they had video camera of him shooting, walking through the hallway with a gun. They had video cameras because that really happened. But nowadays, you don't know what happens because we've been so, we're like a bunch of mushrooms putting a bunch of poop, being, you know, told a bunch of lies, kept in the dark, and, and, and none of it's true. I mean, we, we don't know what the heck just happened in Orlando. We can't, now the 911 calls are, quote, edited. What the heck does that mean? What do they edit 911 calls? I mean, are they even I've legitimate 911 calls? Are they, are they, are they made up 911 calls? I mean, the whole thing is weird. I'm not, now I'm not saying that shooting didn't happen. I just said the whole thing stinks again. The entire yeah. story keeps changing again. And now, like you said, why wasn't it a right wing Christian fundamentalist? I don't know, because you know, when Pike did his book, you know, uh, oh gosh, back in the 1800s, you know, the great, the great Satanist and, and, and had one of the top Masonic Morals and Dogma. Morals no, and Dogma. Right. One of the things that people have come back in from the letters that were written concerning that book was that there were going to be three world wars, and the final one was going to put the Muslims against the Jews and the Christians, and that's how they were going to bring in their new world order. So, I mean, if that's what they're trying to do is to make this Muslim thing bad, but, you know, the whole thing about it is, is you know, like you said, you know, it seemed like it made more sense, but there's got to be some other thing they're doing from a Tavistock mind program on this, Doug, as far as why they attack the gays. Maybe the gays, you know, they want to make sure they're really, really, really anti-gun now. Maybe that was it. Maybe they really want the gays to be galvanized for, for, Hit, for Hitler Clinton, who basically wants to take the guns away from us, to really move them towards the gun control. Maybe that was what it was. I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I, I do believe that. I, I just the the selection of actors by actors, I mean oh, perpetrators yeah. and multiple perpetrators is what That's I was right. kind of getting at. You know, so, so there, there's so many questions, and I agree. Uh, a lot of this really smells, and um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. But but Ted, thanks for addressing that. And again, folks, listen tonight to the replay of of uh, Doctor Ted Brower's show with Austin going over the. The, the very detailed, great analysis by Austin Brower. What a talented young man! And uh, pray keep it, keep him in his prayer. Keep him in your prayers. We'll be right back with Doctor Ted Brower for hour number three on this Thursday edition. Stay with us. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 
may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, folks, to this hour of the Hagman Hagman Report. Our very special guest tonight, Dr. Ted Brower, healthmasters.com. Appreciate every one of our listeners praying for his son, Austin Brower, who uh, suffered a, a bacterial infection that landed in his heart, affected his heart. He's still on, on the mend. He, he was hospitalized. It was a very serious situation. That corresponded, by the way, with uh, a, a, a very... Uh, uh, serious situation with uh, Todd, the Global Star Radio Network, his wife Dawn, and, and uh, you know it seems like we uh, and, and thank you for your prayers for both uh, both gentlemen uh, and their wives and their sons. Okay, Austin Brower and of course uh, uh, Todd's wife, and and thank you because we we've got great listeners with great, I believe, with a lot of clout, uh, a lot of I shouldn't say clout, that's the wrong word, a lot of abilities. When when our listeners get together and, and, and go for something, man, they can move mountains. And they're committed, they're loyal, and they're probably the most, not, not probably, they are the most intelligent audience in, in, in talk radio history, I believe. So thank you all for uh, standing by us. And again, our, our guest tonight is Dr. Ted Brower. Listen tonight, after tonight's broadcast, on Global Star Radio Network to Austin, giving a play-by-play mathematical, very great analysis of Orlando. you got to listen to that. Just stay tuned right here on Global Star Radio Network. Dr. Brower. Uh, oh, tomorrow night, just a little bit of housekeeping. Sig Swanstrom. You, you want to talk about the uh, committed Christian and in, Christians who say, well, you know what, I'd never... Uh, you know, ISIS breaking down my house, and I knew they were going to rape my wife and kill my family. Yeah, I'm going to wait for a word from God before I respond. I, I, okay, that's your philosophy. And if that's your philosophy, go ahead and either tune out tomorrow night or tune in, because tomorrow night the subject is going to be defending yourself as a Christian. Okay, um, the you know what does the Bible, what does Scripture have to say about defending yourself about Christian self-defense. 
self-defense in the Bible. I think you're going to be surprised. Sig Swanstrom is going to be our guest. He's been traveling, uh, my goodness, traveling like a madman. Uh, and uh, he's going to be joined by Steve Quayle as well tomorrow night. So that's uh, tomorrow night. But, uh, uh, Dr. Brower, thanks for holding over. Let's keep let's keep at it, man. You, you're on fire tonight. No, thank you, Doug. Oh, by the way, uh, the purple sticks are back in stock, so we we, we <sighs> run low on them. We got another batch in. Now we're running low on those again. So if you guys want to get some more purple sticks, order them. And again, it's Doug Five. We have a five percent off coupon for Hagman listeners only. It has not been promoted through our website or to our database at all. It is only for Hagman listeners. It's Doug Five D O U G. Five and so uh, it's uh, it's pretty good. I mean, so we're excited about having that for you guys, and so we're gonna have that for one week. Now, shock study: countries with the highest vaccination rates have the highest infant death rates. Imagine that. You know, guys, I've been telling people this for years and years and years. More vaccinations massively increase the risks of death in these kids. The countries that were then were basically divided into five different groups, depending on how many vaccine doses they require for children under age of one, 12 to 14 doses. This is under the age of one, by the way, and their immune systems don't even use these vaccines yet. 15 to 20 doses, 18 to 20 doses, 21 to 23 doses, 24 to 26 doses. And the research found that countries in the 12 to 14 dose group had significantly lower infant mortality rates in the countries in the 21 to 24 groups like the United States. The United States has the highest infant death rate of any industrialized nation, period. I personally believe, and I believe this study now proves it, it's because of the vaccines that we're giving these kids. And pediatricians, you know what you're doing. Shame on you. You know what's happening. Wake up and quit being a wimp and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Here's another article. Forget coffee if you slept badly for three nights in a row. You know, that's why everybody should be using purple sticks anyhow because they don't elevate cortisol. I can take a purple stick at 5 or 6 o'clock, which I did tonight, and I can be in bed sleeping by 11, 12 o'clock, and I'm not tossing and turning all night because cortisol makes you restless. And now they're saying that if you're having a problem sleeping at night and you're drinking coffee, you need to go ahead and cut it out because as you get older, especially over the age of 40, your body doesn't get rid of cortisol so easily. It takes up to 72 hours to get rid of a cup of coffee from the cortisol from a cup of coffee. So if you're drinking coffee every single day, you're going to have elevated cortisol the entire time. Now, when I was young, Doug, in college, I could literally drink a cup of coffee and go to bed and go to sleep. Well, this because it doesn't elevate cortisol and doesn't stay up like that. But now if I have coffee, oh, good grief, I don't sleep at all for the night. It's awful. Here's another study. Bombshell study admits that antidepressants increased suicide attempts in teens and are completely worthless for treating depression. That's the part I wanted to share with that. And it's in the, new, in the medical journal Lancet admits that, that, you know, I've been telling guys for many, many years that the most comprehensive analysis up to date is that these antidepressants in kids don't work and it makes kids kill themselves. I was telling people this back in the 80s and in the 90s before they even had a black box warning on these drugs. So guys, antidepressants, they start messing with the, with the serotonin in the brain with these kids, massively, massively increases the risks of suicide in these children, especially with hanging and other bizarre types of death. Another article, dementia risk is linked with common medicines. How about that? They were starting to decide the Journal of the American Medical Association and the British Medical Journal has said that anticholinergic medications can actually lead to memory and to dementia. So that a remarkable comprehensive study showed that when you, when you ask massively increased drugs, that when you increase these drugs, you have massive increase of, 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 of uh, uh, they're antihistamines is what they are. When you increase antihistamines, you have a massive increase in dementia in the folks that are using antihistamines. So guys, if you're taking a bunch of antihistamine drugs, 
there's a lot of things that you can do, natural options, uh, B5, B6, uh, you can get better sleep, uh, you can help to reset, you can take phosphatidylcholine, phosphatidylsterine, uh, coenzyme B12, uh, co- co- coenzyme Q10, uh, activated methylated B vitamins, and it massively, massively helps you to get rid of problems associated with histamines. Plus, another thing you can do if you have a problem with this is take turmeric. I've seen a lot of people who have taken turmeric who've had problems and have completely cleared up allergies, etc. Another article, this was in uh, News with Views, Doug. I don't know if you read it or not this week, by Dan Diane Kirpis. And the name of her article was uh, Vaccinated the CDC Vaccinating Our Children to Death. And she was also talking about this article that I had read. And guys, listen to me. You need to read this with News with Views and send her a link and tell her thank you. Let me give you some of the studies that she wrote and said. She goes, in February 2004, a study of the MMR vaccine was published in the Journal of Pediatrics by three CD scientists. The study gathered information over 2,000 kids. And it said basically it showed there was an incidence of developmental regression and autism. That same month, Dr. Thompson wrote to Julie, Dr. Julie Gebering, and basically said he wanted his attention to present an institute of medicine meeting on vaccines and autism. Of course, that was stopped. For the next 10 years, Dr. Brian Hooker of Focus Autism Foundation tried to obtain the original data. I mean, this stuff has been proven over and over and over again. And guys, think about this. Autism doesn't even exist in the Amish. And the Amish don't vaccinate their kids. I'm going to repeat that. The Amish don't have kids with autism. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. You've got to realize that you massively increase the risk of autism with these vaccines. So if you want to do vaccines, that's your call. But just make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. If you have grandkids, give copies of the information to the parents, to your children who have gotten kids. It's really important. Another article, pancreatic cancer. There are some things now they're saying that actually will reduce the risks of pancreatic cancer. Uh, B6 and choline B4 are reduced to reduce the risks of pancreatic cancer. Now, remember, they need to be methylated B, B vitamins because about 40% of the population can't process B vitamins if they're methylated. And one more thing that I think is even more important than the B vitamins and not having pancreatic cancer, or it's actually two more things, is you need to get a ray away from all sodium nitrite, Doug, that's in luncheon meats because there's like a 60 times increase in pancreatic cancer when you eat a lot of luncheon meats that contain sodium nitride. I'm talking about bacon, sausage, ham, pepperoni, anything that you look on the label that says sodium nitride. Secondly, you need to avoid alcohol as much as possible. Don't believe the lie of the New World Order that drinking alcohol is good for you. Don't believe the lie that may reduce the risk of heart disease. Guys, you can take, you know, vitamin E and reduce your risk of heart disease without increasing your risk of pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, cirrhosis of the liver, alcoholism, and pancreatic cancer, which is what alcohol drinking does. And again, I've said this on the show before, I've never heard anybody say, my life was a wreck, and then I started drinking, and everything worked out a lot better. (laughs) Doug, I've seen so many people ruin their lives through alcohol over and over and over again. Another article, black seed oil. And it's saying now they're talking about black seed oil and the reduction and help prevent Alzheimer's disease. This is, and this is, this is, if you go to my website, we've got a healthy immune system protocol support. And we have a, one of the things we tell you to take is black seed oil every single day. And now in the journal of 
ethopharmacology, it reveals that black seed oil may actually prevent or slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease, which I thought was kind of interesting because one of the articles that I read a long, long time ago said that it was basically a cure for everything but death, which I don't believe. But I tell you what, it's pretty amazing. And I think I told you guys this. I was having a problem with itchy inner ear canals. Now, I know that sounds weird. That's basically your the tube that goes in your ear. I was having this thing that was itching. It was driving me nuts. And I tried everything I knew to do to get rid of these itchy ear canals. And finally, I started using black seed oil. And after just a couple of days using black seed oil, this itching completely and totally disappeared. I mean, it was like a miracle. So, you can't sell me on black seed oil anymore that I'm already sold on it. Some of the some of the best things that he's used for is painkilling, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, anti-ulcer, anti-fungal, uh, hypertension, uh, antioxidants. It goes on and on and on. Bronchodilator. So black seed oil, like turmeric, ginger, pepper, oregano, and cinnamon, is commonly used as both food and as a medicine in traditional cultures. And so, guys, I take black seed oil every single day. Now, here's another article. It says thyroid be, be, cancer. Be, uh, hey, hey, Ted, before we get yep. to the other article, yep. let me. Uh, we have a listener question here from sure. uh, Anne in Satellite Beach, Florida. All right. She writes this. Now, I'm not exactly certain how to interpret this, but go ahead and I'm just going to read it and then. You go ahead and answer it. This is about vaccines, which you were talking about just moments ago here. If a child is breastfed from birth to one years one year old, will this offset or even protect from vaccines? Uh, well, number one, the child's getting all of his immune system is being built from the breast milk, right? That's, that you don't need vaccines if you're if you're if you're if you're trying to keep the child healthy, the breast milk in the mother's immune system will give that baby everything it needs for the first 12 months. Now, if the question is, hey, look, I vaccinated my kid, I didn't know any better, but I'm breastfeeding my child, am I going to be okay now? If that's the question, breastfeeding is vastly superior to building a child's immune system than the vaccines. Uh, secondly, I mean, you have to realize that you know. If you've made a mistake by doing this, you know, you have to rely on the grace of God and just you don't continue to do it. And you realize this, too. And this is something Austin said the other day on the show, and, and he was so clear about this. He said, you know, here's the thing. You know, Hunter, his baby's two months old, no vaccines. It's unbelievably healthy, good-looking young boy, hyper, staring at everything, trying to talk already, tell he's a brower. <laughs> hyper runs over run his mouth. And what's so funny, Doug, is that, you know, He's so healthy. I mean, he, he never cries unless he has like a poopy diaper and, you know, or whatever. And that's only for a moment. But he's, he's just got a great personality already. Healthy children are really, really, really easy to, to raise. And his immune system is super strong because his mother's immune system is taking care of him. Now, here's this, what Austin said. He said, I don't understand, Dad. If the child's going to go to college or to school when he's four or five years old, a kindergartner or whatever, and he doesn't have to be vaccinated until he goes to school. Why the big rush to vaccinate them when they're under a year or two or three or four? Why don't you just vaccinate them if you're going to do that before they go to school when their immune system is more prepared for the onslaught of the vaccines? That's a great comment, great question. Now, I think a lot of that happens is because the mothers are working because the Tavistock Institute has done everything it can to destroy the nuclear family. And, you know, and I remember the Virginia Slims articles, you know, you come a long way, baby, and now you're smoking cigarettes back in the 70s and 60s. I mean, this is what they've done. They've programmed women. They've got to be out working to earn an extra income. But in most cases, 
if they take the extra income and pay, look at all the extra taxes that their husband has to pay because of their income and all the taxes that they pay, plus the wear and tear on the automobile and all the other things, and plus having to pay for child care, the income is just not that much. I've seen that repeatedly. In the vast majority of cases, the husband's income can actually be okay once you reduce the amount of taxes that the husband has to pay because of the wife's dual income running up to taxes for both of them. So, guys, if, if, if at all possible, if at all possible, uh, this is what I ask you guys to do, just stay at home with the kid. Breastfeed the child, teach the child how to read, homeschool the child if you can. That's the easiest way to avoid all of these vaccines. That's what we did. We just homeschooled all of the kids. And I mentioned earlier, you know, the Harrison passes college entrance exams at 14. Savannah, my 12-year-old, she passed her college entrance exams at 12. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. She's 13 now. She passed them at 12, except for the algebra, which she hasn't had those classes yet. And the best mathematics program that we have found in homeschool for you guys who are homeschooling to really give your kids a huge leg up as far as academics is called Chalk Dust. Now, I don't work for Chalk Dust. I'm not making any money on Chalk Dust. I'm just telling you guys what we've used. I had a, I had a circuit court judge, uh, Harvey Kornstein, dear friend of mine, wonderful man of God, a born-again Jewish Christian, wonderful, wonderful man, good friend of mine, him and his wife, Marcy. And he basically told me years ago that his son, Andrew had gone through chalk dust and they had researched and it was the best one out there and he had aced it all the way through calculus and everything else in college and everything was really easy for him like it is for Harrison. So chalk dust is a great, great program that you can give these kids starting like in sixth or seventh grade that really gives them a, a foot up, a leg up in mathematics to really allow them to do great in college. Now, here's another article. Thyroid cancer epidemic is being caused by misinformation and not cancer. Wow. Did you know the vast majority of thyroid cancer diagnoses are, are, are false, but yet they're still being treated for that? I mean, this is interesting to me because this is a really very real trauma. You know, you know, and so we have to understand that we have all of these people in there who are being diagnosed with cancer and having all these health problems because of their thyroid, having their thyroids irradiated and removed. And the sad part about it is, is that, you know, the vast majority, the percentage of them, are going to be false, false positive. So make sure you get multiple tests done if they start telling you that your thyroid is having problems. And also remember, your thyroid really, really dislikes halogens. It doesn't like bromine, which is in the in most breads. If, if, if the bread's not organic, it doesn't like fluorine, and it doesn't like chlor chlorine. And these really interfere with thyroid function. So always make sure that your Water is distilled, and we have the distillers of Health Masters for 5% off now if you want to order one of those with a coupon. And they're phenomenal. Doug's got a distiller. I know he, I know he uses it all the time. And so it's just one of those things. Another thing that we need to have is uh, colloidal silver in the pantry. That's really important. Uh, it's supposed to be like anti-everything. It helps to fight inflammation. And what I do with it, and you can check with your doctor before you do this, is I'll take, if, I, if I've got my eyes, if I've scratched my eye or whatever and they're a little bit red, I'll put like a drop of colloidal silver in an eye cup, you know, with distilled water, just a tiny amount, and I actually do a, I actually wash my eyes with it, and it works absolutely amazing. You can treat ear infections with it, soothe burns and scrapes, uh, it helps to get rid of sinus conditions. I mean, it's an amazing product, cures sore throats. I mean, I love colloidal silver. We have it at Health Masters, and we have a very concentrated form, which is very, very inexpensive when you see how much we get per bottle as far as each serving. And here's an article by John Rappaport. You guys have had him on before. I like John. 
Um, he's not a Christian, but he's a really nice guy, and he's absolutely brilliant. And he he'll says, come hey, around. We'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, uh, witnessing to John, uh, just as an FYI. So. Well, no, I, I do too. He, he's brilliant. I mean, the, the man is absolutely just. You know, he's almost eighty years old, Doug. Did you know that? I, I, no. Are you serious? He's in seventies. Oh yeah, he's pushing it, man. He's like seventy-five, seventy-six, seventy-seven, something like that. Wow. Guy is the guy is so sharp that it just blows your mind. When I had him on my show a few weeks ago, and he, I think I mentioned this to you guys. I'm gonna mention it again. He said what's being done through the programming that they're doing to us is they're creating. They're putting everybody into a victim class is why they want everybody on drugs. Because remember the Tavistock programming, and Huxley said that people will be enslaved through drugs. And they're doing that to us, you know, with the use of statin drugs, with, uh, with tricyclic antidepressants, with serotonin reuptake inhibitors. All of these different things are causing people to get enslaved. Opiates, all of these, all of these drugs that are being used over the counter now. This horrible situation that we're in in the United States with all of these different chemicals that we're involved with, the fluorine, the chlorine, the, you know, the, 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 what we're doing to the thyroid. And, he, and basically he said that the more people that you can get into a victim status on medication, the less people you have in the general population that are willing to try to get people to change and to change the government. Because once you get fall, you fall into a victim mentality, all you want to do is sit around and woe is me. Woe is me, don't you know I'm sick? Woe is me, my thyroid's messed up. Woe is me, I'm on antidepressants. Woe is me, I don't feel good. Woe is me, I'm taking 15 different types of, of, of medications right now. I can't get involved in any of this because I'm too sick. And it's the truth. If you make a person a victim, you take them out of the puzzle. They're, they're, they're done. It's like having a wounded warrior. They can't fight. And see, he said that's another one of the Tavistock programming techniques they're using is making everybody a victim so they don't get involved with petitioning the government or anything else because they're too sick to do any of that. But he says the vaccine matrix is covert birth control to promote female sterility to reduce the population of the planet. He was part of the vaccine covert op involves turning humans into social constructs who can only think in the most shallow terms about protecting the group. Such people would lose any semblance of individuality as well as the ability to analyze vaccines and understand what harm they do. And he goes into detail on all these different types of vaccines in this article. You guys can go to his website and look at it. and says that all of these guys are being immunized with all of these different vaccines, causing them to become sterile. Now, isn't that interesting? And, I, and of course, I've yeah. read this and I've talked about this before on your show. But what do you guys think about that? You know, Ted, I really, truly believe that, uh, you know, I, we cannot look at just one, uh, one aspect of, of the agenda by itself. When, when, uh, Jack Cashel was in our studio on our show on Tuesday, I would urge everyone to go back and watch that broadcast or read it or listen to it, that is. Uh, here's the thing. Um, he had, he had made an analogy between being at the Indianapolis 500, sitting in a seat, and being able to only see the quarter-mile piece of track in front of him. All right, and, and that's what most Americans look at. Look at the well. I have this. Uh, he used this in a different context, but most Americans can only see or only look at that that quarter mile that's in front of them. They, they, they don't look. They don't look. From a position far above, from a bird's eye view, or from a 
cruising altitude view. And that's what we need to do. Sterilization through vaccination, absolutely. Tavistock uh, uh, Institute, all, all the uh, uh, things they're doing. All of the things that you talked about tonight are all working in unison. They're all cogs to a much bigger machine, a wheel, you know, absolutely. And we have to understand the enormity of the lie and the enormity of these Luciferian, uh, this Luciferian agenda before us, before it's too late. And we better do something about it. And Christians better get off their, their, their butts and, and to start acting like men, not castrated uh, mouse, uh, mice, you know, that, that, that sit in a corner somewhere. And uh, we better we better choose sides pretty pretty doggone quick, and uh, that's all I've got to say. I, I could go on, but I'm preaching. Well, you know the, these these sexual perverts, you know Bernays and Freud and all these weirdos that have done this to us. You know they've done it for their master Lucifer, and that's what you've got to understand. And your show and my show, and Hodges too, because he talks about this agenda are the only three shows that are on radio on alternative news that I know of. Now, there may be more. Maybe Joe knows of a few more that actually tie it all together back under the Luciferian umbrella, Doug, because most shows don't do this. It's all about, you know, the New World Order or the globalists. And every once in a while, somebody may say something about Luciferian agenda or their Satanists, but it's never the understanding that this is the primary thing that's going on and this is how we're being programmed. And if they can ever get to that point of balancing this back out, but perhaps they figure that they're not listening, they don't have a Christian audience and they don't want to force feed Christianity down someone's throat. But the sad part about it is unless you understand this Luciferian agenda, unless you get it, like I talk about or you know, or Paul McGuire talks about, or Russ Dizdar talks about, or you talk about, or, you know, Coach Dabelmeyer, you know, unless, you know, you understand that these are the guys that are running the show, these Rothschild, Sabbatean, Frankist, Kabbalist, Luciferian bankers that are doing all of this and funding all of this stuff to turn the world upside down, unless you get a handle on that, then it doesn't make any sense about the statin drugs or the chloride or the chemicals in the water or all of the poison in the vaccines, or all of the drugs that cause so much harm. Because you think, I couldn't do something like that. I would never involve myself in that. And, of course, the pediatricians who are out there intentionally injecting these small children, because that, to them, becomes a revenue stream. They get, they get paid for that. And they don't want to, a lot of them don't want to lose that revenue stream, and they've been brainwashed into believing that this is for the greater good. Because that's what they tried to do to me at Florida State University when I was, you know, taking embryology and a few of the other classes. And, uh, uh, gosh, I had some big classes over there. And, and, I, and I began to realize that, you know, this, this agenda isn't true. And see, you have to be willing to step out of the fray, so to speak, and get up on a ladder and look around. Because, you know, when you're at Disney World and you're, you know, you're in a massive crowd and you're sweating because it's, you know, it's June and you got water pouring off of you and you, and you're bumper to bumper and you can't move and you're walking around everybody and you're going, this is ridiculous, this is awful, I'm not having fun. You know, you can't see anything. But if you, if you get a set of steps and you walk up and you look over it and you can see, wow, there's a sea of humanity here that I wish I wasn't in right now. Maybe I should have come when it was slow during another time of the year. See, that's the same way you look at life when you finally become a Christian and you stop. And you go, it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And you start to realize there's certain things that you're trying to avoid, 
certain people you need to avoid, certain situations that you need to avoid, and you start to realize that you don't have to walk with the masses because you've been set apart, that you're born again. See, that's the thing that Christianity has lost. You know, in the first century we had that, second century we had that, and in the third century around, I think, 323 with Constantine, where they basically brought in all the pagan religions, we lost that as Christians. And we no longer have that ability to see it from a macro environment. We don't have that ability anymore. We have the Lutherans and the Baptists and the Presbyterians and the Methodists and the, and the Catholics and the Church of Christ and the Church of God and the Christian Church. And all these different factions have their own little belief systems, and they don't want to work together for the greater good of Christianity. And that's how we started the show out tonight. We have to set that aside now. If Trump is for real, and he's had a PT-109 experience like Jack Kennedy had, and he really is going to try to change this Luciferian New World Order. we got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, Doug, because the truth of the matter is there's nobody out there who can defeat Hillary Clinton but him. And we already know that Hilton, Hillary, Hillary is a committed globalist, that she's a liar, that she's a career criminal. We got that. We already know all that. Okay, We know that Bill brags that he slept with over 2,000 women now. I mean, we've got all that. I mean, do we really want this Luciferian agenda Clinton group back in the White House again? Now, the globalists want Clinton in. You know, the Bilderbergers have given her the Council of 300. They've given her the nod. She's the one. She's the one they're going to do. So they're going to do everything they possibly can for election fraud. I can guarantee you that. But I don't think they have the ability to cover up a landslide, even though... You know, know, man, I agree with you 100%. Two things I I just want to say, and I want to be on record by saying, I believe, number one, that Steve Coelho has initiated this statement, and I believe this, that, you know, there are no political solutions for spiritual problems. We, The United States is in one hell of a mess, spiritually and morally. Okay? But regardless of the man in the office... The person in the office, regardless, uh, change must come from the bottom up, and we must have a spiritual revolution, a revolution right. of spirit. Right. You know, I, I, because it's not certainly not going to come from the top down. I mean, we. we but you're. I agree with you. You're correct. We need. Um, we we need somebody in in that office who will look out for the country and its citizens. Now, the second thing I want to say about this, I got a really bad feeling about the elections of 2016, and I hope I'm wrong. I've got nothing to back this up with. I just don't see Donald Trump being president. I, 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 the reason I say that, and I'm not saying that you know he wouldn't win. I just I'm, I'm I just have this really bad feeling about what could happen. Whether it's this Republican revolution, as I'll call it. Through, through the machinations and nefarious misdeeds, you know, through the political machine, or something more terrible. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Well, we have two former presidents, both the Bushes, that are diametrically opposed to Donald Trump, and one of them was the head of the CIA, and both of them are skull and bones. I mean, this is some, these are some nefarious, wicked people. Okay, I know them both. All right. I mean, again, I'm probably the only person listening tonight that actually knows both the Bushes and knows Kissinger. At least those, if you put those three, they're pretty much mutually exclusive. But the truth of the matter is, uh, these are not good people. You know, George Bush, you know, senior, HH, uh, he, he basically said, you know, a thousand points of light, new world order, you know, and when we were successful and we will be, I mean, this is his goal and he's old now and he's got to be pushing 90. I mean, he wants to get 
into the, he wants to see this new world order to be in place, I guess for maybe his transhumanism ascension. I don't know what he wants to do, uh, because he's certainly going to have a very good time as far as he's not going to be in heaven. That's a fact, and I'm sure he's fully aware of that. But of course, they, their God is Lucifer, you know, through Bohemian Grove and through Skull and Bones, and they believe that he's the one who's going to give them the truth and the way. And that's what they believe. And that's why the Bible is very clear in the book of Isaiah. I believe it was chapter 14 or 15 when, you know, Lucifer shows up in, you know, in hell in a bunch of chains and they're all like, why, what happened to you? Why are you down here? You know, because that's what's going to happen to him. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Because we have already overcome the world. We already have victory in Christ Jesus. And I want to keep urging people to understand that. Now, U.S. House is now, the committee is launching an investigation into the EPA glyphosate cover up. Wow, I never thought I'd see that. But the truth of the matter is, is anything going to come of this? You know, glyphosate lobbying groups are so huge, and I'll have to believe this one, I'll have to see it to believe that they're actually going to do something with glyphosate and take some of these guys to court, and they don't just get a million dollar fine or something nonsense like that. But glyphosate, Roundup, guys, this stuff is so poisonous that it's just so toxic that there's nothing good that's ever come from this product. And, you know, it's all part of the GMO poisoning of the planet with Monsanto and its seeds and the killing of the bees and everything else, all about this population reduction. Another interesting article, excessive glucose increases the risks of memory loss. Now, this is interesting because they're saying if you get too much sugar in your system, you'll actually start messing up your brain and causing brain problems, and it can actually cause you to start losing your memories. Now, the one thing they said, we have a product called Hemla, and uh, it's on the website, and it says it has a, there's, a, there's a massive study because it's an exanthine product, and it says it has a massive effect on glucose, and diabetic mice who were given exanthine were found to markedly reduce neuronal loss in the hippocampus compared with mice who didn't receive this compound. So, guys, uh, that's why we call it. It's called Hemla, H-E-M-M-L-A, on the website. works phenomenal. Living in a post-industrial world, and I've already talked about this nutrient a minute ago, I'll talk about it again, we were washing toxic chemicals, and turmeric is a drug, or, or I guess God, it could be a drug, that was a Freudian slip. It's a healing spice that may be a ultimate answer to regaining your health. I take, you might have been right the first time. I was snorting a line of that uh, right before the show. <laughs> but I tell you what, I mean, you know, this product is so important. I mean, when I was having problems a few years ago, when I was having severe uh, allergies to tomatoes, and I didn't know I had a tomato allergy, Doug, I was itching like crazy. Every time I got a hold of a tomato, I was itching, and I couldn't put the causal development to because we ate tomatoes all the time. And I was, I mean, I was like tearing up my skin and everything else from this, this, these tomatoes, tomato allergy. Finally, I went and got a blood test. And I realized I couldn't have tomatoes, and I cut it out. But what was interesting about this is when I took turmeric, even when I was itching like crazy, within minutes, it would completely stop it. And, uh, and my daughter-in-law, Lana, she was suffering with the worst allergies. I mean, she couldn't even wear her contacts, you know, like two months out of the year. And she was just miserable. Her eyes were just running and draining. And I finally told her, I said, look, try the turmeric. And she did. She was taking like 12 to 14 a day, which sounds like a lot. But remember, this is like a nutrient, like it's an herb. And I mean, within a couple of weeks, this entire allergy thing completely and totally went away. And now she's a big believer in turmeric. When I was in Germany reporting uh, from Europe two months ago, uh, we were at a hotel in Milan, at Weston. And the front desk manager, because it was springtime over there, his eyes were running just like Lana's did. I mean, he couldn't even function. I felt so bad for him. He was a Muslim fellow. Real nice guy. 
And I, I had a bottle of turmeric with me, and I brought it downstairs, and I showed it to him, and I said, look. I even gave him one of the capsules so he could try to find one like that at the health food store. And I said, look. He said, here's the thing. Try this. Go to the health food store. Try to buy it if it's available in the EU, and try this. It works phenomenal for allergies, and it does so much more than just allergies. So, guys, that's one of those products that you need to be taking on a regular basis. I mean, it helps to detoxify bisphenol A and all kinds of benzenes and other chemicals in the diet and, and liver toxicity, everything. It's, it's a malathion toxicity. It's really, really an important product that you be taking every single day. Here's an article by Mercola, and he says that medical experts are warning that the war on drugs is harming public health, and it's the cost of criminalization of marijuana. Now, guys, I'm not a big pot guy. I never smoked pot in college. I was probably one of the only kids in Florida State who never smoked pot back in the 70s. I was always working out, and so I never really saw any sense of smoking anything in my lungs, and I never ate any of the brownies that were all over the place at Florida State. Because here's the thing. I was interested in, in, in being in an altered state. Now, children who are using pot, it messes up neurological development and connections in the brain, and it locks them in at whatever age, especially boys, they start smoking pot. So if they're 12, 13 years old, they start smoking pot, it kind of locks them in from a neurological standpoint at that age. Now, later on, when they stop smoking pot, if they ever do, they may have some neuroplasticity left, and their brain may start making connections again, and they may be able to mature past that. But young children using pot, unless it's for like severe medical life-threatening conditions such as cancer, uh, you know, or any type, even cannabis oil, I don't recommend. But if they have a life-threatening condition, of course, I believe they should have access to that. But to make marijuana legal like they have in in Denver now and in Colorado, and now it's turned into this giant stoner state, about everybody that I know that's moving there is because they want to go smoke pot or eat brownies. And the sad part about this is, it's a gateway drug, and it's been proven repeatedly. But again, this Tavistock programming tells us that it's a great way to feel good about yourself as a smoke pot, and it's not. You don't need to do that if you're a normal human being. I mean, you don't have to be drugged into a stupor using a chemical. So, guys, marijuana is very addictive. I've seen it with people before. You say, well, no, it's not addictive. I didn't get addicted to it. I'm like, okay, look, I'm not saying if you did it once or twice, you're going to get addicted to it. I didn't say that. But if you're doing it on an ongoing basis, you can get really, really used to it. And you want to, and you start craving it. I've seen it over and over again. Now, I'm not saying that people should go to prison if they get caught smoking pot. I think that's ridiculous. I think they should get a traffic ticket, you know, give them a $200 fine or something and just do whatever. But, you know, putting them in prison for, 10, 15 years because they get caught with a joint because of these minimum sentencing guidelines. I think that's nonsense, Doug. And plus, a lot of that's just because it's a plea bargain. They'll, they'll charge you with 10 bogus charges, and they'll let you, make you admit to one of them to get you to accept the plea bargain because they're threatening you with 50 years in prison, and they put you away for a few years, and that feeds the prison industrial complex. I mean, what do you think about the pot thing, Doug? I mean, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I'm too stoned to answer that. No, uh, you know, uh, uh, the way I look at it is the, uh, again, the bigger picture here, the war on drugs has been a total failure. But to everyone except the military industrial complex. Mm -hmm. And And the prison uh, prison industrial uh, complex. Exactly. Exactly. So, and what, what are we doing in Afghanistan? Uh, and what did we do in Vietnam with respect to, to opium and heroin? Yeah, all of this. So, it, it, it just seems to me that, um, that this is more of a business 
into this war on drugs, war in quotation marks. And I think, um, um, but but yeah, I mean, looking at the properties of of, of the illegal substances from LSD to pot, I, 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 where are the redeeming factors in this? Now, the do you agree though, Ted? I mean, does do the does some of the properties of marijuana, the marijuana plant, do they have legitimate medicinal benefits? Yes, they do, Doug. They really do. That's why. That's why. Right. That's why I put that caveat in there. If you, if right. you have a, if you're, if you're using it for medical reasons, you know, I got, I understand that. Okay, but just going out and socially smoking pot or eating brownies to stay stoned, it doesn't make right. any sense. And that's the problem when you start, yeah. when you start legalizing like they did in, Cal- in Colorado, that it doesn't matter if you smoke it or not, or eat the brownies or not. You can buy it at every on every street corner now. You got a whole state of stoners. I've got friends who live out there and told me that they're trying to get out now because, you know, everybody drives around stoned all the time, which is against the law, but they still do it. And the sad part about this is it doesn't help anything. Again, anything to debilitate the moral fiber of the United States. Exactly. Anything. That's that's what this whole thing's about. Yeah, and I just want to make something clear here, folks. I I do a lot of joking, okay? For example, you know, uh, the the tumor capsules and sorting online. I I, I do a lot of joking. Please, I'm joking when I say that. I don't smoke. I I don't do drugs. I don't even drink anymore. When I was young, I used to drink, and uh, but uh, you know, my body, <laughs> yeah, man's got to know his limitations. Well, the uh, urine test after the show yeah, will prove on yeah, for all. The, the uh, well, that's true. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Joe. And yeah, we do have uh, random drug testing here, so you never know when you got a peanut cup. Now, I, again, I'm joking, but. That, you know, that, <laughs> you know what's <sighs> funny is that you know kids nowadays are so stoned all the time that they sell each other. They sell urine. You know that, don't you, Doug? They they buy other people's yeah. urine. They put it in a bag. They pretend like they're squirting it into a cup, you know, by using the bathroom, yeah. and they give yeah, a clean sample. Even... I mean, it's, it's nuts. <laughs> Craigslist. And, yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it, I've got a friend it, of mine who's got a kid who does I that. Finally they, finally, they <laughs> finally they sent that kid to a uh, uh, basically a rehab center. He see, he started smoking dope when he was 13 years old, pot, and now 16 years old, he's a stoner, and all he wants to do is smoke dope, and now he's already tried LSD and other harder drugs. So now they're having to spend twelve thousand dollars a month. To send him away for three months for thirty-six thousand dollars to put him into a drug rehab program with a bunch of drug addicts. I mean, and the kid's only sixteen years old. I'd have sent him out there to Montana where my daughter is. And if anybody wants to know where my daughter is, I'm not going to give give that over the air. You can just email me; I'll be happy to tell you. But she's at a Christian youth camp out there, you know, in Montana, going to school because that was her choice. And she was having some issues adjusting when she was fourteen years old, and basically wanted to be somewhere else and I told her that'd be fine and so we chose to send her out there and now she wants to be a missionary and she's really turned her heart and her life around and she's got rid of that stony heart and but she never had any problems with drugs or anything but she was just hanging out with the wrong kids at, at church no less and so she started getting a real bad attitude and so finally she decided she wanted to go to Montana and be on a big cattle ranch out there and that's what she's done and she's been out there for almost a year now and she's had a complete and total restorative miracle of her life and so I'm so pleased that she's out there, and it's really, really, really inexpensive, and it's by donation only. I mean, if you don't have the money, you don't have to pay anything. It's a church, and so it's uh, it's it's pretty. It's it's just amazing to me that people, you know, have criticized me because I've sent my daughter out there, and it completely and totally changed her life to the point that she's supposed to start the collegiate high school program in the fall here in Central Florida, and she's chosen to remain in Montana 
by her own wishes for another year. <laughs> she loves it out there because it's a super, it's like a Christian environment where they have constant Bible studies and singing and all that kind of stuff. I told her, I said, that's fine. You say for another year, but after one more year, then we have to start doing the collegiate high school program because, you know, it's just part of what we have to do as far as your educational future. And so I want to ask you, Ted, well, when's your grandson starting college? <laughs> yeah, yeah, first no, we're gonna get those Mozart blocks. <laughs> yeah, his brain cooked up, but he's got a, but he'll have the Mozart blocks. I'll, I'll be, I'll personally buy those for him, and uh, he'll probably be starting college like well, Savannah could have started at twelve. They already told her that she already had an open enrollment at the age of twelve, but they weren't gonna raise her over there. She wasn't quite mature enough at twelve to be in a collegiate, collegiate environment. Plus, she's really, really, really pretty, and I didn't want a bunch of high school college kids hitting on a 12-year-old and them getting in trouble and my daughter getting in trouble. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're going to probably give her another year because she's only in, uh, I believe she's in eighth grade now. So we're going to give her another year to get through ninth grade and then I'll go ahead and start her over there in the collegiate high school program when she's 15 and then she'll have three full years like Harrison did. And the state of Florida pays for that, by the way. They give you three full years of college pay for, including books. And so you get complete and total everything paid here in the state of Florida in the collegiate high school program. And it's, you know, it's it's wonderful. It's a great, great program. So if your kids can get involved in anything like that, if they have that available in your state, it gets them out of the riffraff in high school, which is mostly high school is just riffraff, and, and gets them with collegiate students who are academically oriented and who have goals and dreams and aspirations more than just having their lives peak while they're in high school and everything else goes downhill. I mean, I've seen so many people in my high school class, the best three years of their life were their three years in high school, and their lives have basically been horrible ever since they got out of high school. And guys, that's not God's best for you. It really isn't. I mean, God doesn't want you to peak when you're 17, 18 years old. But that, that, sadly, that happens to a lot of the kids in high school. So that's why you can't make high school the end goal. You have to make, you know, that's just a, a baseline goal, you know, on your way to the collegiate high school program or your, or your other type of program. So, guys, what do you want to talk about? We got some more nutrition stuff to cover. I keep going on that on how to, I got five nutrients to cause to help make your brain not age. If you want to talk about that, well, we got about nine minutes left. So, I'm, I mean, you take us wherever you want to go. I'm just, I'm just kind of chilled out with you guys tonight. I mean, I'm just, I'm just kind of like basking in the glory of God that my son Austin's still alive. So, I mean, just it's been one of those weeks for me, buddy. I've been walking on water through the Holy Spirit, you know, for the, this is last Friday night when. God reached down from heaven and literally touched him and saved him. But berries have a really good brain aging, you know, brain decreasing aging effect. And uh, those are really important. I eat berries all of the time because they're really high in nutrients. Acetylcarnine is really, really good. The poic acid, the fish oil is extremely good. And vitamin E, and all of these are available in their highest quality forms at healthmasters.com. Also, cortisol. We've talked about that many times on the show and how if you have elevated cortisol, it makes you not sleep very well and also ages you very quickly and it makes your adrenals work overtime. There's some natural things. We have a really good product. It's called uh, Adrenal Support. And what it does is loaded with all kinds of nutrients that helps to rebuild your adrenal glands. And I recommend that everybody takes adrenal, takes a, I take adrenal support and liver support every single day. And the thing I've noticed with the liver support, I was getting some spots in the back of my hands, which was really aggravating to me. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I don't want these things. I'm only 60 years old, and you know, I don't want to have a bunch of age spots on the back of my hands. And I started taking our liver support product, guys, and every one of those things has completely disappeared, and my hands are totally clear now. Isn't that amazing? Ted, I just thought, you are I just amazing. 
<laughs> but no, I mean, guys, it's so exciting to me that, you know, there's actually products that actually work for stuff like that. I mean, people are using all these creams and all these lotions and bleach out the back of their hands and try to get these age spots, these liver spots off. But our liver support took care of it. I mean, and it took care of it a couple of weeks. It was kind of crazy, actually. It went by, this fast, went by that fast. There are several things. There's multiple things that you can do that are better than drugs for health and healing. Uh, let me go cover a few of those real quick. Dietary changes versus drug treatment for hypertension. That's really important. Uh, you can also use acupuncture versus drug treatment for treating migraines. Of course, magnesium is one of the best things you can use for magnesium. Uh, and we use the magnesium foot soak every day. I use that thing 20 to 40 minutes every morning. And it makes a huge difference in my mental acuity and also in my energy levels. And, and I also, and I told you guys earlier that my wife had spinal stenosis really, really bad and her hands, she couldn't even close her fists. She started soaking in the magnesium last year, and now she can close her fist completely. Uh, she can sleep at night on her sides, and I wasn't able to sleep on my left side because I had back surgery, you know, years ago, and I guess I must have had some um, bone spurs built from that. And now that I've been doing the soaking, I can sleep on my right side or my left side, and so it's really kind of exciting. So, I so just want to be clear: uh, she was soaking her feet in the magnesium solution. Well, she was also in the bathtub for the first month. She was soaking every night okay. in the bathtub in the magnesium solution and soaking your feet in the magnesium solution. It's magnesium right. chloride. It works phenomenal. And we have a little foot bath you can get offline for like 80 bucks. And it keeps the water hot for the whole 40 minutes. Otherwise, you're having to constantly reheat the water, and that gets kind of old in like one minute when that gets cold, you know. And just, yeah. Soaking your feet in cold water is just kind of yuck. Okay. There's all kinds of things that you can do for irritable bowel syndrome. You know, you use bentonite. Uh, there's all kinds of great programs for depression, such as fish oils. There's all types of things that you can do for ear infections. Uh, like I said, you know, with the uh, black seed oil. So there's all kinds of natural things that you can do on an ongoing basis to really increase your energy and improve your health without having to take drugs. That's so important. Uh, here's another article. Florida attorney now says that growing vegetables is not a fundamental right. A new local law is brewing in South Florida surrounding yet another instance of local governments imposing fines on residents because they're growing vegetables on their properties and they're not allowed to do that. Okay, I got it if you got a rooster and you live in a residential area. Okay, I got that. You know, everybody's getting away. Again, being awakened at 4 o'clock in the morning, I got it. But even having chickens, I mean, we have chickens. We're in a residential area, and we've got chickens. I've got like 14 or 15 chickens, Rhode Island Reds and some uh, Buff Orpingtons and, uh, and, and, some, uh, and some, uh, some wine goats. And, uh, you know, we get a bunch of eggs every single day, and we feed them organic feed. Nobody ever says anything, but I don't have roosters either because I don't want them to be crowing all day. So, but, I mean, just growing food, you can't grow food anymore. I mean, guys, doesn't that seem a little bit weird not being able to grow food in your own yard? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, that yes, yes, and yes. Um, I, I just, I, you know, for some reason, I knew you had chickens, but to remind, just to picture you with chickens. <laughs> I, I, it kind of goes with the guns, I guess. <laughs> it's got, I guess, it's kind of a redneck thing. I guess I don't know, man. But my daughter Alexis, who's in Montana, wanted to have an ag project for homeschool. And so she basically got us these chickens, and now we're stuck taking care of them. But I really do like the organic eggs because they're very, very good eggs. And, uh, you know, I probably eat four eggs a day. And I, that way I can keep my testosterone levels up because it maintains my cholesterol at a real healthy level. Because eggs don't cause a problem with heart disease, guys. Newsflash, eggs are really, really healthy. And don't just eat egg whites and throw the yolks away. The yolks are really important because the sulfur in those yolks is what makes them yellow. And that really helps you with, air, with hair, with skin, 
and with nails. Super important. Plus, when you drink and if you have diabetes, alcohol really can lower your blood sugar too much, causing you to pass out, particularly behind the wheel. We're talking about alcohol now. It can cause weight gain because it messes up the enzyme phosphate. Uh, um, oh, gosh. It, uh, oh, I forgot the enzyme that messes up. It'll come to me in a second. But it actually uh, messes up an enzyme called lipase which helps you to burn body fat, so you start storing body fat when you drink. It can cause organ damage. You can neglect other medications. Uh, you can cause, for heavy diabetic drinkers, you can get pancreatitis, uh, damage of nerve cells. You can get eye disorders, glaucoma, and you can also get ketoacidosis. I mean, so guys, if you're, if you're, if you're diabetic, don't drink. It's really, really, really bad for you, and it can cause all kinds of health problems. And also, if you're diabetic, there are several things you need to do. Uh, you know, we have the uh, healthy blood sugar program on the website, but there are certain foods you need to avoid. You need to avoid high glycemic carbohydrates like potatoes and juices. That's very, very important. Plus, you need to be drinking at least half your body weight in fluid ounces in distilled water every single day. So if you weigh 200 pounds, guys, and you've been, you know, you have high sugar and you have adult onset, make sure you drink at least 100 ounces of water every single day. That's super important. Spread that water out throughout the day. Don't try to drink it all before you go to bed at night. You'll be up all night urinating. And yeah, so it helps kidney function too. That's right. It really does. It really, really yeah. does. In addition to that, you got to take the turmeric. Uh, you got to take the B complex, the multiples, the cod liver oil, and you also have to take our cinnamon product, which is phenomenal. What that product does, and it helps your body to start utilizing your own insulin again, and it helps to maintain healthy blood sugar. It's a really healthy blood sugar support program, which in many cases can allow you to maintain your blood sugar without having to go on insulin or metformin, which has been linked to pancreatic cancer. So there's all kinds of natural things that you can do from a nutritional standpoint to change blood sugar. But guys, it has to be an all-out effort. You can't eat a bunch of junk food one day and not eat it the next day and wonder why your sugars are running high. you got to consistently maintain it, and you got to cut back on coffee like I told you to do, remember, last year, Doug. You can't oh, be yeah. drinking six or eight or ten cups of coffee a day and wonder why your blood sugar is high, especially if you're using sugar to sweeten your blood sugar to the coffee. In addition to that, the, the coffee stimulates the adrenals, it stimulates the liver to release more sugar, and so it really has a tendency to elevate more blood sugar. So that's why I use the purple sticks because it doesn't run the cortisol up. But again, even too many purple sticks are not good for you because it can do the same thing. That's why I only do like one in the morning or unless I do y'all show when it's going to be late like this, I'll take one like at five or six o'clock and that'll last me for four or five hours. But quite frankly, it's pretty much worn off now. Well, uh, you're, you're always like on, on top of things. Your mental acuity is, is amazing and your knowledge as is your knowledge. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you so much. We're really at the end of the program. You've you've covered so much ground from the Tavistock Institute to current events to uh, nutrition. Very important facts about nutrition, about health. And you know, as we go down this road, as we as we uh, uh, enter toward the, or venture toward that uh, event or a series of events horizon, we need to have our strength, physical strength, and health. I mean, that's very important. So thank you, Ted, for everything. Healthmasters.com. Doug five. That's Doug, D-O-U-G-5. Only the Hagman and Hagman listeners for all products. That's the coupon code at checkout, Doug5 at healthmasters.com. Ted, thanks so much, and our prayers to Austin.